welcome to another episode of Get Your Shine Box. I'm Tristan Ham, and with my brother, as always. Because <laughs> previously I wasn't your brother? Like, no. it was within question? Well, as always. There's always a question about the legitimacy of, of your lineage within the family. <laughs> I think so, it's a pretty reasonable so question, here's a, actually. Here's a visual. Sure. Here. Let's have um, it. By the way, you're Chris Ham, sorry. But, um... <laughs> so, um... My father, Crassham, Mr. Crassham, My father is uh, three apples high. He right. is f- uh, five foot nothing. My mother is is just cresting five feet. I'm a, I'm a whopping five foot like eight. Is it, are you five eight? Five eight, five nine. I feel like you're I, taller than that. Well, I, I I stand on my tippy toes a lot. Oh, okay, well, that's good. It's the heels. Yeah, it's uh, like the from, kiss boots. From <laughs> what was it? My, one of my favorite lines from Fletch. It's like uh, what is it? He's six two, six four with the afro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, there's a lot of a lot of playfulness that goes into there that is, film. There. We're gonna be covering that one here in the near future, but yeah, uh, that's true. That's yes. True. Oh, Chevy was so good at one point, right? Like, yeah, he produced a, like some great stuff, and he's quick in that. He's yeah. He, oh gosh, his delivery's like yeah. completely top shelf. Okay, back back to focus. Anyway, so, okay. so Chris Hotelli. Oh, six foot two and three quarters. I'm almost I'm almost a solid six three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the question comes. <laughs> well, think about the uncles, right? Like we've got yeah. a lot of taller uncles, and we I do. actually I look like yeah. a blackinger. Like if oh no, easy. But they love the podcast, so now that you've alienated <laughs> our very few listeners left, uh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I, you can see some of it, but for sure. I mean, I always when we were kids, I especially questioned it just because I didn't really have the perspective. Oh. And you kind of well, no, but you know, you're, you're kind of growing up and yeah. stuff, and yeah. kind of looking around. I'm like, what's going on here? Because oh, yeah, the, the two Smurfs. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that is interesting. You um, people rarely believe that we're brother. I think we sound alike. Yes, I think yeah. you could probably glean some of that from the podcast. Like if you yeah. didn't, if you didn't see us or didn't know us to look at, yeah. you'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I can see where that comes from." Yeah, but uh, we are brothers. We <laughs> while you were sleeping once, I did the uh, what is it, twenty four of me or the uh, the, oh, the oh, DNA oh, test? Right, right. <laughs> little cheek swab. Well, what do you do? That tell me that's a Q tip. That's I, I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny, but. <laughs> DNA test was DNA was taken. Yeah, okay, well, in some good. form or another. I feel and, better now. Yeah. So you are legitimately a ham. Well, good times. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh-huh. So this is our podcast where we talk about movies that influenced us as kids. Uh, we're both dads, and how those movies now relate to us as dads. In a way, it's not a movie review show. A lot of our facts, as our friend Ross, oh my god, loves to point out, oh, are sure. wildly inaccurate. Do you know how like self conscious I am now about like quoting oh. anything? Because I'm just like, nope, check it, check, check it. it, check it. You know who's going to be lo- looking like Lord Overlord? Just <laughs> wait a minute. Uh-huh. That was 1984. Uh, so uh, yeah, so so. Uh, you know, so it's not a movie review show, uh, show but it, and it's not an advice show. But if you pick up a pearl of wisdom, if you get a nugget that rattles around in your brain, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Then we've done our job. There it is. Yeah, which is influencers. Oh, God. <laughs> so kill me if that's what that ever becomes like a thing. Because oh, our kids do this, right? Like I, yeah. the other day, one of our, when my daughter was like, I want to be an influencer and I'll go up. I'm like, you are killing me. Never. No, <laughs> yeah. my God. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm just going to wrap this box. We were talking about this the other day, just about hating commercials. And I'm like, basically, what kids love now is commercials and creating commercials and being like sort of the stars of commercials of sorts. Yeah, it, it is commercials, isn't it? It is. It, it, it's all and dares and things like my kids are obsessed with like, like Mr. Beast and 
all those oh, idiots Sam and that, Julian. Yeah, 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 those idiots that do like, huh, I just paid a guy a thousand dollars to eat my shoe. <laughs> Let's watch, you know, and it, uh, kind of like, ah, oh, it's, I we had our own. Oh, I think so. Like, what, what, what would you consider that? like the silliest, weirdest, sort of idiosyncratic? What did what did mom and dad hate? Oh, when we were kids, because I was gonna say Weird Al. Yeah. The thing that I thought drove oh, them nuts all the time because we'd throw on weird... Like, yeah. I had a couple Weird Al albums. Yeah. And we'd throw them on and stuff because one of my favorite Christmas carols is Christmas at Ground Zero. <laughs> and I remember just dad like, oh, the skin on it was just crawling. He couldn't even he sit straight. It. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That, um, what else would have been? I guess that like kind of the jerky boys era a little bit, like like uh, prank calls. <laughs> sure. Stuff like that. Um, what else? I mean, there was some stuff I won't mention here that was... Awful and racist that we listened to. <laughs> oh my, yeah, there you was know. some stuff floating around. Holy. Yeah, but um, yeah, we probably get more sensitive times now. Like I think we're, yeah. you know, where uh, kids aren't really so much about like. I think in many ways they've grown so much in understanding yeah. and accepting other cultures, which is amazing. However, they've sort of taken on other like traits that are just like really tedious and such so i I suppose that's just the nature of being a parent like you're you could have like angels for children and still be like what the hell your shoes stink like too clean yeah you'll find something so that's the great thing about being old and curmudgeon just kind of getting to that point now where it's like ah i can find something Uh, challenge accepted it's okay i mean it's well, just sort of the focus of everything it is yeah it is so well okay well on that vein like what was your what's your week been like oh um so it's kind of an interesting week actually yeah. before uh before we go into me i'd actually really Ooh. rather talk about you because you just got back Ooh. from three weeks of parenting like compressed smushed <laughs> like this little diamond of a coal piece that just must have been really intense and really interesting like i bet you had some awesome awesome moments there are probably a few challenges along the way too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Chris is talking about. Uh, I went. We drove to Alaska from uh, Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta here, uh, and um, we took our time. We sort of drove over three weeks, and uh, so just about the spit take. Except, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but it was really good gin. I don't want to wreck it. So yeah, don't. Do that. No, no, no. Uh, the just, <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's the uh, calorie wise gin smash. No, oh, uh, for the Catalina wine mixer. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, we'll talk about this okay, in a minute we'll here. Okay, so um, yeah, we, we drove we drove up through uh, uh, BC to get to uh, Dawson's Creek, eventually to uh, Whitehorse, then Dawson City, then uh, up to Anuvik, up to Tuktoyaktuk, uh, at the very tippy top of um, Canada. There, dipped our toes in the Arctic Ocean, then made our way over to Skagway for the Fourth of July. Ah, very good. Which was wild. <laughs> Actually, there's probably a good parenting moment out of that. Yeah. Like, so tell me about, like, because okay. this so, didn't really go necessarily the way you would have wanted it to, because you guys had a really nice setup. Like, it's, yeah, you know, 4th of July, there's one great place, it's got all the stuff, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> they have tons of activities. Yeah, like, and how'd it go? Oh, so so we get up in the morning and we're like, uh, we want to catch the parade. We thought we missed it, so we're all kind of grumpy, but then the parade was there. And so we saw, the, yeah, we saw the parade, we're all happy, we're, and, and, and Jules, uh, my wife, grabbed a call sheet for all the activities in Skagway and there is a ton but probably about 80% of them at the, is at this this pub called The Station so we're like well we'll just stay there all day they got margaritas they got like cornhole they got magic they got sprinklers they got magic cornhole magic cornhole <laughs> yeah. they got magic sprinklers they have magic mushrooms they got everything oh but just all the, the magic Doug like, Henning is alive and well and, there and there yeah, yeah. and so was Chris Angel was the magic <laughs> finally <show>. yeah. <laughs> it was a, a lower booking for him but it was still good uh, so so they they set up 
um, you know, everything. And we got there at like 10 a.m. And uh, we're just like, we're going to love this. It's going to be amazing. They got everything happening all day there. So um, the kids are sort of like a little restless. They're like, eh. So I, I played a little cornhole with my daughter. And, and, and then she got bored of that. And they're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Hey, there's a couple of sprinklers over there. And they're oscillating sprinklers. And the kids can go over and jump in. That's the whole point of them. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you set it up just to go and have fun. Yeah. Perfect. So, so uh, I sent the kids off. And I turned to my wife. Like, and everything happened in slow motion. I was like, <laughs> we should get a margarita. Ah! <laughs> screaming. Turnover. Somehow. My son has smashed the top of his foot on the sprinkler and just like hobbled himself. Oh, he's on the ground. He's doing that like <laughs> dragging himself <laughs> like he's not off his leg. Oh my God. So he's in tons of pain. So I go over and I scoop him up and I, I walk over and I put him onto the, t- the uh, chair. Uh, my wife goes over to the, the there's an outside bar and she's like, can I get some ice? And already they're like, no. <laughs> like, but we we need we only have a little bit of ice. We need some ice. Like you my a little sons. bit of ice on yeah. like a hot day. Hot day. That's sprinklers going. I think How do you they not have just, a, I, yeah. I don't they didn't want to like, set a precedent. Get fucked. Yeah, yeah, basically. So they didn't give us the ice. Probably watch and, the whole thing unfold from a distance. Oh like, yeah. Uh oh. Oh. So so just Jules Jules was angry and yeah. we finally convinced them and they uh. like gave her stink eye. And just as we put the ice on Jack's foot, I look the over. The good news is yeah. the one terrible thing that's going to make the day yeah. a little bit difficult is done. Done. That smooth sailing from here. Yeah. So we we we're tending to him, and I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. What are we gonna do? Hopefully nothing's broken. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And I look over, and my daughter's leaned over one of the sprinklers, which is not functioning. I'm like, oh. So I wander over, and she's like, I broke it. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Were you petting the rabbits, Lenny? Seriously? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I just try to work it. Like, I love oh the sprinkler God. so much. Make me happy. <laughs> and it just so oh, simple. So I look down and it's it's not even. There's nothing to salvage out of it. Like she has snapped the inner workings into pieces. How? How did she do this? She stepped on it. Okay. Okay. How do you step on it? Anyway, okay. so just imploded it. You like, you have like like an inch clearance up and an inch clearance wide nope all you got to do is get over that anyway so but the guy who was like must have been manager or something he goes over and he's trying to put it back together and he's looking at me and i'm like i'm so sorry we can pay for that he's like no it's fine you know he says through like lockjaw teeth so i go back and i said to jules i'm like so she broke the sprinkler and jules is angry the kids are now upset <laughs> And we get banished from the station. So did they physically come to you and say, you're not welcome here? Or did they just like stink eye? Okay. With their village of the damned stares. (laughs) They banished us. Oh, dear. So It's awkward, right? You don't want to hang out. I don't want to be there. And and like all the kids are like, oh, I guess we got no sprinkler. Who ruined (laughs) Fourth of July? Like (laughs) got your scarlet letters on, like just walking around. (laughs) Jesus. That's awful. Shame. Oh, no kidding. Oh, no. Just Cersei Lannister your way down the corridor? Like, shame, shame, shame. 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 So we, we bailed, we ducked out of there and we were just in the most foul mood, but we, we turned it around, you know, but I guess maybe that's a bit of a metaphor for the entire trip in a sense is there were like big blips here and there. Like we had some scuffles and fights, Yep. but we were always managed to turn it around and find some fun. Oh, that's good. So that, I guess that was the trip in in a, in a nutshell. Is is just like there's there's always going to be challenging moments. You're in each other's company so much. Yep. Um, 
but we mount we found lots of moments of, of real fun and there were there was lots of times they worked well together so i was thankful for that oh that's awesome yeah but it was it was a once a lifetime trip it was amazing good for you uh, i yeah. think that's really great yeah yeah well it's over those three weeks what happened to you <laughs> that's a great question uh let me just think it was wash rinse and repeat for like basically three weeks of like work and other ah, knickknackery yeah. it was it was pretty dull we did go camping but only scarlet came along okay so that part was pretty good so scarlet was playing with uh we we have a friend uh justine who goes by the name snooki or doesn't go by the name has just had now been tattooed with that name uh and her son snacky uh just because like <laughs> Fun. He's always eating. I'm like, yes! Snooky Snacky. What's the daughter's name? Oh, uh, Jade. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> her nickname. Who <laughs> no, uh, Snoopy? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, we see you're sleeping on top of a house. Snotty. No, yeah. That's, no. Uh, no, no it's anyway. just Jade. I mean, yeah. that's that's going to be enough of a hurdle. So, <laughs> not to be mean. She's, honestly, Justine's wonderful. She's really nice. Yeah, they're, she is. they're good people to hang out with, she and uh, they're yeah. they were great to camp. So it was okay. her her uh, boyfriend Brett, yeah. uh, who is the father of Snacky. <laughs> <laughs> so Scarlett used to call him Bread. <laughs> so Bread, Bread and Snacky. Snacky. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I do have to come up with a good nickname for Jade now. Thank you. That's oh. a, you know, again challenge accepted. Okay. So anyway, we we did do that. Um, I think the interesting part about the dynamics is. When we have a full house of kids, yeah. um, it's a lot more work. It's really busy. And when you only have one kid, you get lazy. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can kind of almost like autopilot some stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we did lots of kind of little fun things. and um, But one thing I just, I, I kind of realized, and I was talking to you about this earlier, um, had a bit of a, like a, a tougher day with one of my daughters. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I'm really cognizant of, how I parent because I've got two stepkids yep. and I've got uh, one natural child of my own and I, I often question how I parent them like I'm always yeah. like oh am I being too cruel to one am I being too favorable to the other like I'm always trying to find a balance and I think one of the things I really need to do is instead of tiptoeing around it just meet it head on and be like okay look <clears throat> recognize it for what it is yeah. call the situation out and just have a dialogue around it Yeah. and that's kind of where I got to today because like, we, we have blowouts like not all the time but we, we have them enough of a time yeah. where it's like huh this isn't the dynamic that i really want with her yeah. and i even said to her today i'm like look you and i are together for the next eight years bare minimum right like she's 10 yeah and i'm like we need to find a way to make sure that we're always honest with each other and you don't have to be my best friend but i want us to be really great friends yeah and so let's try to find a way that would like how would great friends talk to one another when they were unhappy with what was said or if they're unhappy with like um the tone or the tenor and i'm like for every time that I feel uncomfortable with you, I'm going to call that and I'm going to talk to you about it. And I want you to do the exact same thing with me. If you feel I've given you a tone or a tenor that you're not comfortable with, you come back to me and you tell me how that is. And I want to make sure that I'm really conscious of it. And I think those things are hard to institute in the moment. You kind of go, ah, oh, you know, how long will that hold up or how long will that last? But truthfully, I'm really committed to it. Yeah. That I'm supposed to be doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Life's got its um, challenges. So let's talk about movies now. Yeah. Now that I've kind of brought it all well, down with the heaviness. There is there is a quiet, maybe not so quiet, but there is like a, a, such a deep, deep-rooted love for this film. Mm-hmm. I have. I mean, if, if I, I'm surprised actually it took us this long to watch it. I was going to say, it probably should have been the first one. Yeah. I, when I think about movies as a kid, yeah. it is automatically my go-to. It is. Same. Yep. Actually, the same. Because I think at one point, 
point we actually tried to memorize the entire movie dialogue-wise. Well, it's not it's, it's not, not rich dialogue to go <laughs> through. You're not doing like uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or Dad. It's, <laughs> it's pretty pretty rudimentary. But. Yeah. So so this film is uh, something that is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we just I, I I cannot get sick of watching it, and I've seen it about a hundred million times. Uh, and this movie is. Here we are, born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Here we belong. The Highlander. Yeah. So you know, it's you're talking about rose-colored glasses. We've talked about it millions of times in in our podcast, even though we've only done like ten episodes. Yeah. But. In the millions of times, um, I was thinking, God, like, am I going to not enjoy this film? Yeah. Am I going to be thinking, well, I've, I've got really a, a magical sort of golden place for it yeah, in my heart. Yeah. And am I going to hate it watching this? Yeah. And there was a huge surprise about it being on Prime. Yeah. What was the surprise? Well, it, it's uh, like a director's cut. Yeah. Not a, or, Extra or, footage. Yeah. Like, it was what a gift. Maybe a theatrical or i don't know yeah, but I, but it was the longer version yeah but i can't say i have officially watched fully in a very long time or even at all yeah so that was a gem that was nice i've always know? had that like in my mind it was the yeah. vhs version that i had yeah. like you know and that part got watched a ton and then of course there was a dvd copy that got like bought <laughs> simply because you can't buy a DVD player and not have that as kind of a staple part of your collection. It comes with DVD players. Th- but I... Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. Oh my God. Put me in your machine. No kidding. Oh, this is the worst <laughs> bastardized version of poor Queen. No yeah. kidding. So yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about like where you are coming from when coming into this movie yourself. Yeah. So um, I just idolized this film. Like it had everything I loved. Okay. Mm-hmm. It like... An incredible villain, great sword fighting, some some magic and mysticism, great revenge. Yeah. Um, just a cool story. Probably some slower parts that I like. You know, that as I, a kid you wouldn't have appreciated. Yeah. But I think historically there's probably some nice stuff to connect into. There was boobs. There was boobs. There yeah. is that one. God, he goes to town on those he boobs. Does go to it's, town on It those actually boobs. made me a little uncomfortable <laughs> thinking about it. I'm like, how old was I when I was watching this? Yeah. And what was I thinking about at that moment? Just like, oh. Oh, oh, he's really spending a lot of time there. Like, is that what you're, that's what you're supposed to do? Where's the egg beater? No, okay. where's the egg? Thank you. Bachelor party, circle closed. Boom. Oh, for sure. Where is the egg beater? But uh, yeah, so it, it just had everything I needed and everything I wanted. And it just, like, it was gritty and it was, it was just so unusual. I don't know why, but it, and, um, it didn't feel like it was uh, bar, it borrowed anything from anything. Yeah, and maybe it did. I, I, you know, it probably had influences and, and things like that. But when I watched it, it was original IP for me. I feel like there was some pretty top shelf talent too that they managed yeah. to pull into this. Like so, yeah. you know, Connery's not he's not a spring chicken at this point. But no, I mean, no. he's still he's fucking hilarious in this. Like he's he he's got great lines. He's got great delivery. Clancy Brown, basically an unknown, and he owned that role. He, he was so it. fun. Yeah, yeah, he was terrific. I was, yeah. I was I wasn't in love with Lambert. Yeah, I, he's not my favorite guy to do it. He's totally 
amiable. I don't think yeah. he was terrible in the role. No. Nope. But it just sort of seems like an like an odd cast. Like, think of all the leading men that could have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about Fazil and how poorly cast he was. So, I mean, there was all this top shelf money that went into, like, Connery. Oh, and yeah. then you've got, like, threw some cash. At Clancy Brown probably saw him in, like, something really good and thought, ah, yeah, I could spend a couple extra bucks. But yeah. in terms of the talent from there, it's like, you got some guys are just, like, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. weak, but whatever. Anyway, the premise was so good. The site, yeah. the locations were so good. And, so sh- and shot so well. Oh, and, and <laughs> we'll talk about this when we get in there. But uh, yeah, just 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 the knowledge we have now and yeah. a certain logo that appeared at the beginning. We'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to talk about. Because yeah. this goes back to my rose-colored glasses thing. Because yeah. the minute I saw that, I was like... Oh shit! I have totally overthought this film. <laughs> I've given it way more credit, and I'm just about to go way down yeah. in like my estimation of it. Oh. But it did not do it. Thank God. Yeah. Later, yeah. finding out that it was just the distributor, and not just the, the distributor. Maker. The uh, the logo we talk about is the Canon logo because <laughs> we had just. I mean, what was Commando Canon? No, no. Uh, what did we watch that was just Canon recently? Well, it was Master of the Universe. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, and then we like, like. <laughs> So then you and I good. watched uh, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The canon story. And just, oh, oh. <laughs> so seeing that, we were just like, what? Oh, no. Yeah, Fuck off. Seriously. <laughs> There's no way they would have had Queen. They would have had, like, Kwan. Like, <laughs> Korean, maybe makeshift, tribute band, taking on the soundtrack. Here we are, the masters of the universe. Oh, my so God. That's not Korean. I can't do a Korean. You cannot do Korean. You <laughs> no, just I went wanna, straight back to the guys who it. own canon. That's it. I got to go your, back and watch Squid Games. No, yeah, there you are. Oh, uh, I think that's actually wouldn't help. Uh, it's, no. it's when you really would have to, like... Soak a lot of it in. Korean's a Korean's a tricky one, I think. That's a I tricky. Would, I even the thing is now because I would so I would feel so bad about yeah. trying to do an accent yeah. that I just push back. I like I'll immediately retreat. Going, yeah, I don't even want to play with it. Yeah, I don't even want to. You know who doesn't have that problem? Huh. Brian Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Ham. My dad. Our dad. I don't know. I keep reverting to my. Our father yeah. is yeah. not afraid of any accent. No, it doesn't matter the social situation. Doesn't matter the propriety of it. He just gives her. He just gets it. And, and just the confidence. Oh, like, I would love to throw him like, Dad. Can you do a Korean accent and just watch? Just see what happens. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, send in their. I would love it if he actually gave it thought and went. No, no, that's a bit. <laughs> no, that's Laotian. No. No, wait for might, it. Wait. Mm, yeah, mm, mm. that's a bit Cantonese. I gotta move my tongue la, 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 back la. about two inches. Here. Yeah, there yeah. it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean whatever. That's and that's truthfully that's one of the reasons I'm sometimes a little bit shy about it too because I've been in social situations where I was like, oh, yeah. I don't really I don't feel really good about that, yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh well. Hey, whatever. I mean, it was a different time, and uh, you know what? The guy is like. The sweetest human on earth. Oh, yeah. It's just like a big teddy bear. Oh, I know, I know. It's just those funny idiosyncrasies. Yeah. So, so Lambert. Yeah. So, just quickly. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember something, and I could be making this shit up, because I do it a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I remember something around his casting. Mm. Was something, like, like, and it talked about his accent, and I think a lot of it was... Um, <laughs> we'll have to ring upstairs. Oh, very good. I should have got some. Um, I think some of it was to do with... Uh, the fact that he didn't really sound like he was from anywhere. Yeah, he's pretty marbles in his mouth on yeah. a lot of stuff, right? Like his accent is non, it's non-specific. Yeah. Um, he doesn't sound particularly French necessarily. No, he doesn't. 
Um, but he doesn't necessarily sound particularly Scottish. No, he doesn't. Uh, not even remotely. But I mean, the idea is is that these these immortals have um, yeah. been around so long and absorbed so many cultures that you can't really pin. <laughs> is that why the Egyptian has a Scottish accent? <laughs> oh my god! So I mean, if you really, really want to try to salvage yeah. some sort of meaning right. into it, I mean, you probably could pull that off. But yeah. here's the thing: there's never given any exposition as to why that is. Like, no one ever called. Out, Lambert, like this Highlander. Is, yeah, what the hell? What's like, going on? No, get, get those marbles <laughs> out of your mouth, man! Like, like the Kurgan sounds the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that shitty laugh, that underwater laugh. <laughs> oh my god! So uh... all right. It's so funny you'd say that. The the first note I've got, because I try to take notes when we're, we're going through the films, yeah. is canon. What the fuck? <laughs> I was just like, oh no. So anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad that it didn't end up being that way. Because yeah. it really, I felt like the extra scenes were really, really good. Yeah. I actually took a lot out of it. And I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense. Like, it, it's a beloved classic of mine yeah. that got even a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you, oh, actually, locate okay, what, what frame of mind did you come into this with? Actually, before we get into the, our two-minute synopsis. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we don't want to... We're going to run short on time if we get into the synopsis, so uh, let's keep adding. Uh, so when I came into this one, same thing, you know, I, I, this, this for me when I was a little kid, I remember this being one of the first films that my kind of crew rallied around. Like, so it was like me and Ross and like, um, mm. uh, like Scott and uh, Mike Schultz and... Um, Rob by ass and all of us like it was just kind of one of those cool like everyone got together everyone kind of appreciated it and it was one of the like, sort of one of those films that kind of galvanized a lot of our thinking yeah. we were like 13 14 none of us are out like making swords and fighting around in the woods and stuff but it was just something really like neat about it and I mean we would watch it often yeah so as young theater folk uh <laughs> you know you're sort of looking for higher caliber films but I think it was just sort of a guilty pleasure yeah uh, and one that was a little bit different and kind of neat and um yeah, no, I, I always had a real fondness for it. It takes me back to a really good place. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well, walk us through this film. All right, two minutes? Two minutes. I'm going to just hold on. <laughs> All right, this is going to take... I got my commando timer on. Honestly, it's going to take fucking forever because I've got a shit ton of notes and I thought this was like... There was so much to see and so much to do in this. Like, I'm, I'm literally scrolling through my iPad. I'm like, you're an idiot. Because I thought there was so much funny stuff oh, and yeah. so many cool things. You're like... Yeah. So even though this is a movie that I think of very fondly, yeah. there's still a lot of really ridiculous things there that happen. And, and it's all Fazil. I mean, you could make a whole hour-long episode about Iman Fazil, this old geezer who is like swinging his sword around and... It, the fuck and out of it. fucking flips not once twice like you know what how impractical is flipping in the first place you know what let me show you how fucking impractical it is like, awesome awesome and as a, as a teenager you're just like yeah like you know what i can tell you literally anytime i was about to fight with someone or get into a fight i'm like come on man show me how good you are flip it <laughs> I wanted to flip. If I could yeah. just like pulled back and done something cool, I probably wouldn't even had to throw a swing. No, that's how awesome it would be. Because you would just never stop flipping. Was that what he was trying to get the Highlander to do? Just stop the fight right there? Like, oh, oh, oh! Excuse me. Uh, let me bare my neck. Like, just get it over with. I can't flip for can't shit. With Look, that. get out of here, like Greg Luganis, like uh, whatever, like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any good flippers. Who's a good, like, I don't know. Acrobat. A good flipper. Uh, Mary Lou Retton. Thank you! <laughs> uh, America's sweetheart. God, exactly. I missed the obvious one. Yeah. Getting old, man. Anyway, okay. so, 
Scene opens. It's yes. basically rolling credits. No, that's not even true. First off is Sean Connery's voice. Yes. Uh, Sean Connery does a little bit of a, of a preamble. And you had mentioned in, in when we were watching this, that this is something the studio actually made them do. I think it was. I, Are you I making this up again? It, is this no, probably. 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 Yeah. Uh, but, but I think this was something they, they added in. <laughs> Uh, like, the same guys who made Dune? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, that and like fucking um, Blade Runner oh, kind of idea, God. right? Like yeah. all the narration and, and just fucking Harrison Ford doing it in the most boring voice he can because he hated it. Oh. But they loved it. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Turn right, 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 on it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, I hate this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was an insert because yeah. I think the studio got a little scared people wouldn't get it. I don't know. They kind of really made it very straightforward. Like, there was a lot of good exposition. You probably didn't need it. No. But I actually kind of liked it because, I mean, you only get so much Connery in the film in the first That's place. True. That's true. And, and he, add, like, some of you here, you're like, I know exactly who that is, and I think this is going to be awesome. Yeah. He's got a great voice for that kind of shit. It did. It lent, actually, some good sort of good credibility yeah right away so that's yeah. a good point all right so okay. credits roll yeah uh after connery you go in and then there's a ton of beautiful amazing pan shots oh my god like this is crane, crane work yeah it's, it's insane they're swooping in they're Holy coming right up like shit. for whatever like technical skills russell mckay he might have had yeah uh and i don't know that he did a ton of things later on where you kind of go wow that guy was awesome and this is his like yeah. passion project or something but this is another reason why I think that film sort of stands above, kind of like <laughs> compared to Crawl. Like yeah. there's a lot more going on here. Where you go, okay, well, he's trying to bring some art to it. He's trying to give yeah. it some style. So it was cool. Like this is that big cr- crane shot. It was can you, like, swooping. Can you imagine doing that in Madison Square Garden with that many people? Like well, how would you? Like, they must have had a crazy budget because if yeah. you think about how much fucking glass they went through in this film <laughs> with all the smashed windows and all the hero gasms that happen every time someone gets the quickening, like he had money to burn. I don't even true. want to know what this budget was. Oh shit, we should look that up. This is why they probably didn't spend on talent. This is why Fazil yeah. came at such a bargain basement <laughs> price because it was That's him it. or crane shots. So yeah, like, crane shots yeah. all day long. You look like you're 60. I can flip though. No, you're hired. No, I flip them. Yeah. I flip them. Yeah. So anyway, okay. so, so big, big crane shot zooms right up onto this guy who's watching a wrestling match, mm-hmm. and he's kind of looking down, and there's like a, a lot of wrestling happening going on, and some guy next to him is like totally belligerent, and kind of <laughs> snaps him on the shoulder a little bit, kind of grabs his shoulder, and he just whoa, does this quick snappy turn and kind of looks at yeah. him, and you can see like he's obviously perturbed or uh, something's got him kind of agitated, right? Yeah. I do. I do. Going to mention, sorry, the yeah. wrestlers. Right. Okay. So oh, there's some. There's some, some real classic wrestlers. Right. There's Jimmy Snuka right. and and uh, a few others uh, that I do recognize. Uh, Will not Will Arnett. <laughs> but, oh my! Uh, uh, Shout out something. Arnett. Early his early work. His early work. <laughs> yeah. But but there were some like legitimate wrestlers there. Yeah. But it was funny. I just looked at these wrestlers, and I think about kind of the wrestlers now that Dave Bautista is the John Cena's and stuff, who are just like ripped and cut. This and is pretty doughy dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a loaf of bread and the turnbuckle, just a snack on when you get thrown there. <laughs> oh, no. just, they're all tore from like <laughs> fucking Ed Wood. Uh, he's, like, he's the guy who played the monster. Oh, anyway, okay. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's get this. Very good. <laughs> I will destroy you. I will destroy you. That's right. Anyway, so they, right. they zoom up on this guy. He yeah. looks really perturbed. Anyway, uh, eventually he sort of has a bit of a shock. And yeah. what was sort of neat new footage mm. is as they were watching the wrestling, they actually did a little bit of a flashback. 
And yes. you can see this Scottish battle going on. Yeah. And there's like a fight and you kind of like, I think you, you had mentioned this when we were watching. You're like, oh, that kind of, you know, maybe they're trying to draw some parallels to like. Um, battle. It, yeah. You know, warriors. It's maybe making him pensive. And this is why he's agitated because he's kind of thinking yeah. back to, I mean, besides the quickening, knowing that, you know, eventually yeah. this threatening yeah. geriatric. Flipping the gene. He's flipping his own as well. Yeah. The well, flipper. Flip my head okay. off. <laughs> Just a few flipper babies. No, that's it. So yeah. anyway, so. Yeah, I think it was kind of a neat little kind of touch. I think it was the small things in this movie that, I, that yeah, really brought it back. Yeah. Like, and we'll talk about this as we go. But like Rachel, or you know, the scene where he kind of discovers her. Or, yes. Um, oh, or, or uh, uh, his his first wife is Kate. Uh, maybe Kate. Oh yes. yeah, well, they try to give her more of a religious. Yeah. Right? You, you go with God, Connor. You yeah. know, like so she's like. God fearing, and it makes sense when she freaks out more later. Right? Well, you can kind of forgive it a bit more, but she was so hot and cold. Like oh, yeah. she was just such a Klingon. Like oh, yeah, yeah. come back to me. You're going with God, and then yeah. like the second he's back, and you know, you think that she'd be so happy to see him. It's just like ah, like she's the first one to start freaking out when they won't burn him. I bet you that's her with the mug. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There's a great shot. We'll talk about this hey, in a minute. Right? But oh yeah, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> that's so for funny. The timing of that's really nice. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy walks back up to the garage. Something's compelling him to go back uh, up out of the wrestling and into yeah. this parking garage where there's like a ton of amazing vehicles. Ooh, I'm like, yeah. there's a bunch of classic cars and like, there's probably like, I don't know, like several hundred thousand dollars worth oh, of like yeah. vehicles that are just going to keep around. So yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, that's a little bit frightening. And I was thinking in my head, like, this doesn't really seem like the car of the wrestling crowd. No, like, no. Maybe Russell's a bit of a, like a, a car hound. Uh, or something, because look at the car that McLeod drives. Oh well, that's you know classic Porsche convertible for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, it's a gorgeous car. But yeah. I just I don't I don't fully understand what the yeah. value of having those cars there was. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> this is the movie of pop ups. Oh. So there's an, a disproportionate <laughs> amount of people who pop out of nowhere, most notably the Kurgan. Yeah. But the yeah. first pop up that really happens here is Fazil. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as uh, Nash, we'll, we'll just call him for yeah. now because it's the character that he's Russell playing. Nash. Yeah, so yeah. Russell Nash walks by a pillar and just out of nowhere, this. <laughs> yeah, he's serious. Guy, guy sort of slides from the side. It's, it's really strange. He would have, like, 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 here's the pillar, here's Fasil, and then Nash was literally walking toward him, and, and he would have had, like, pass him by as Fasil was like. Well, that's because he looks like a high school principal. Like, he, I don't know. Do you, did you have Mel Lottie as your principal at Belrose? Because this is what he reminds oh, me yeah. of. He's just kind of like a yeah. sort of a nondescript dude, except he's wearing some bitch and shades, mm-hmm. and he's carrying around like a broadsword. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like that actor, whoever plays Fazil, was like wearing a toupee because it's yeah, like it's his hair was on really weird and kind of screwy. Yeah. But he looks, and we talked about this. He looks about. Maybe maybe like 40s, close to 50. He looks like an old man. He's a middle-aged fella. Yeah. But then we kind of... We did some calculations. Right. We did a little math. Oh, my God. And we calculated, you know, like, because these immortals... Not spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Someone is going to lose their yeah. shit when you get to open this up. God yeah. damn them. Ah, I just decided to watch this after I've 40 years. 50 years. years. Yeah. yeah, go on. So, immortals... Um, Stay the age that they first were killed. This is it. This is yeah. what we're guessing because yeah. they actually don't explain fuck all in this movie. They don't. They take a. We're gonna talk about powers yeah. later too if yeah. we can. So anyway, keep going. Okay, so so we we thought okay, this guy would have been like forties, close to fifties when he was killed. The average lifespan, considering a lot of these immortals are like more than four or five, six, sometimes two thousand years old. Right. 
uh, is around like 40 or well, so. Exactly. Like if you're a 40 year old man in like the 12th century, yeah. you are like a wise one. Like you are an ancient, you know, teller of stories or so. seer of the ages. So I think, yeah, you probably could forgive some of it a little bit. And, and that would have been fine. Yeah. It would have been fine. An older immortal. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but just would have been cool. Like think of all the sure. other other immortals, right? Yeah. So you got Castigir, who's like pretty cool dude in reasonably good shape. Yeah. You got the Kurgan, he's total badass. You got Connery. Yeah. Like most of the most of the immortals are pretty immortal. Like they're pretty guys who've like tried to maintain whatever they've yeah. got. And then there, but and then there's Fazil. And there's Fazil. So you think, okay, well, he's gotta have some kind of edge. And I'm sure it's be, it's it's his, his strategy, it's his mastery of the sword. What's his edge? Turns out it's backflips. He's got <laughs> the fucking king of backflips. You know what? I think most people have just been like, I can't even fight you. Yeah. What you do is art. Yeah. I am so, so enthralled by this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, th- even with all the flips, somehow yeah. uh, Nash manages to get the better of him. Yeah. And cuts his head off. Yes. Yeah. And so this is the beginning of the massive crystal glass budget that goes into windshields and, oh, yeah. and lights and actual windows because these cars like start to hop forward and everything yeah. starts to explode and like really explode. It's quickening. Like it never really, I mean, they, they allude to it, but you never really get what, what's the emotion happening there. Yep. It basically looks like a giant orgasm. That's it. I feel yeah. like it's just, so you, and we talked about this while we were watching the film, but is it like there's a knowledge transfer? Like is he taking yeah. in all of this information over the years or all the pent up energy? Because another thing that happens to the immortals all the time and they seem to just, you know, brush your shoulders off a little bit and walk away is they get hit by lightning a lot. A lot. Like Connor, in the first scene where he meets Ramirez, he is like beat down by lightning and then he's just yeah. like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Can I offer you a beverage? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's such a, a subtle thing. So I'm wondering if the, the quickening is just a transfer of like a fucking thousand years of lightning strikes. It is. It's either lightning strikes or yeah. the fact that they can't have children. It's just all that pent up Oh, that's really Jizz. Yeah. Just like. Yeah, I can't have Whoa! children. Like, it's just <laughs> Are you back buying zippers again? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Okay, so yeah. tell me your secret. Not only is my car window blown up, but it's covered in some kind of like yogurt. There's no squeegee <laughs> strong enough to clean this thing. This is heinous. Yeah, I think so. Oh, anyway, uh, so yes, yeah, yeah. the massive uh, quickening happens. Yes. Uh, but Nash is smart. He's obviously made getaways before. Yeah. He hides his sword, thinking, you know what? I don't want to get yeah. caught with this. Quick question, how did the swords get into the wrestling match in the first place? Like, <laughs> this is a time when security was a little bit more lax than it is yeah, these days. Okay. Like, I would love to walk in with a katana. Like, <laughs> hey, sporting event, can I just, whoa, 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 Dr. Jellyfinger. Like, you'd, <laughs> you wouldn't get four steps in there. That's my freedom. Oh, my yeah. God. No kidding. You can carry a pistol, but not a sword. Like, <laughs> that would be fine. And I'm not <clears throat> going down that road. But anyway. So he, he launches his sword. Yep. Yeah, to hide it. Because uh, he hears the cops. He knows that something's That's it, yeah. So yeah. Uh, he does that, and then there's a pan. There's another really cool pan where they oh, go up, yeah. and then you see the the you know uh, car- parking garage yeah. dis- dissipates into Old Scotland. They're, and they have beautiful... 
What would you call them? Transitions? Dissolves? I think like a transition, that. yeah. Because yeah, a dissolve would be more of a fade, right? Yeah, you're right. There's a ton of really good transitions. Well, especially for this type of film. Like, yeah. it's not what you're expecting. And then again, you sort of go, like, this is a, it's a better quality or better caliber than what... Yeah. And this is why it's elevated. Anyway, this is another reason you know immediately that it's not a canon film. Yeah. Because based on Masters of the Universe, they had two sets. <laughs> and the, the one set on Eternia was just like... Garbage! Outside of the castle and inside yeah. of the castle. And that's all they could afford. Except yeah. for nighttime in Oregon, like where or wherever the fuck they were filming, that they California. could afford because it was cheap. So they definitely did a lot more location work in this, yeah. which was pretty pretty awesome. Oh, and and gorgeous, like like the whole world, it looks lived in. They got a fuck ton of extras. Yep, like everybody's Scottish. You yep. know, well, most everybody, mostly <laughs> Scottish. Yeah, except the uh, well, the one Scottish guy is playing an Egyptian. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so and this is a cool scene, right? So here's here's him as a young man. He's you know yeah. he's twenty. He's young. He's leaving for battle for the first time. Yeah. Uh, he's got a crazy wife. Oh yeah, that's where she uh, is. K- yeah. Kate's just yeah. like oh, and again you get some nicer backstory. So it's yeah. her her you know kind of one eighty yeah. uh, when she goes against him. It's a little bit more understandable. Yeah. You know, it's a superstition built in. That's right. Yeah. So they're off to war against another clan. Yep. Um, kind of thing. So they're off. They're all screaming, my clan. Why were they afraid? Honestly, so if I were the McClouds going into that fight with the Frasers, I'd be like, look at their flag. It's three flowers. We are going to fuck them up. Like, this must have been... I would have been drunk as shit. Like, yeah. let's do this. It's the Frasers. Oh, no kidding. You just... <laughs> look, you hippies. Yeah, just, seriously. Boom, boom. Make peace, not war. No, Bam. no, no, it's war. It's, it's happening. War. It's war. And, and then and one of the best introductions <gasps> of any villain comes up. Yeah. Who is it? The Kurgan. Yeah. And he is in just the fuck off most awesome armor. Yeah. These massive like saber tooth tusked helmet. And uh, he's got this massive Clydesdale horse and this huge sword. And he's like <laughs> more lightning. More and, lightning. He's, and he's, seriously yeah. like. And he doesn't give a shit now. He's been oh. hit like for the last thousand years. So I mean yeah. for him it's just like you know. Electrolysis. He's probably just removing some chest hair. <laughs> There's a great line though where um, uh, he's he's uh, talking to the leader of the Fraser uh, clan, and it, he's like, "There's one called Connor among them. Right. He's mine." And it's like, how are they going to recognize him? <laughs> how are they going to not? Kill this guy. No, no. You feel like, and what happens if you do accidentally kill him? Yeah, like, well, because a Kurgan's just going to like, <laughs> do, do some flips. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to be like, it can't be one guy who can flip only. It's no. got to be more. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a, another cutscene. That, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time that Fazil and the Kurgan meet. Like just, <laughs> just flipping around. This is how the Olympics started. This is how <laughs> gymnastics began. So at any rate, okay. so um, yeah. Connor's walking through, he yes. they start the fight, he's trying to beat people up, no one will fight him. Apparently yeah. he has been identified as Connor McLeod, yeah. and no one will touch him. Yeah. But then the Kurgan comes up, he's like, fight me! Oh, another great scene, like the slow motion horse rearing. Oh, yeah. I would have shit my Oh pants. my god, like my kills would have just... <laughs> Like, that wasn't mud they were fighting in. That, that was, was just shit. him shitting from yeah. the moment of the Kurgan and just the whole battlefield is soaked. Seriously? Yeah, it's pretty intense. He climbs down and uh, McLeod goes for a mighty swing. His oh, first yeah. of the battle. But what I love about this is he's a shit fighter. Like, yeah. he gets fucking killed instantly. Yeah. And you're like, this is how it would really happen. Like, That's if right. You, if this guy has been fighting for a thousand years and then suddenly some novice shows up, starts swinging around his boomstick and he just gets torched. Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. I love this because you think about if he 
is eventually going to be groomed to be the guy who takes out the Kurgan. Yeah. You know, hundreds of years later. It's a great way to sort of say, like, look at the odds. Look at what the chances are of him yeah, actually doing yeah. something from this. It kind of... I don't know. It, it just sort of raises the stakes. And, and there's a touch point just in the church. And I love this line where he's like, I'm, I'm stronger than you. I'll always be stronger than you. Yeah. And so it's awesome because strength isn't the thing that helps him win. Yes. It's like perseverance, resilience. I mean, it's all these great kind of like rise of a hero lessons yeah, that come out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought back to that moment where he gets killed the first time. He's like, you are fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like you actually deserve to die in this moment. Yeah. Um, so to see him redeem himself, I was like, this is really awesome. I, I like that kind of the way that they close that loop. Yeah. So so Kurgan stabs him, twists yep. the blade even. Yep. Just really <laughs> totally. pulls it out. And, and then Kurgan gets sort of like tackled by the other cousins. Right, right. Yeah. And he's another time a cloud. Like he gets, yeah. he gets kind of pulled off. And I was asking you about this when we were watching because I'm like, yeah, yeah. did you feel like the Kurgan got killed in that moment? Because truthfully, nothing would really stop him. Like yeah. fast forward to New York City and he just when he kills Castigir and that guy empties like an Uzi into him and he gets him and hucks him. So they must have done something to just debilitate the guy. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have just walked away or given up that easy. I think that's a good call. Okay. Yeah. Because he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't have. Yeah. I just, yeah. this is a speculation. I mean, whatever happens off camera. I'm, mm-hmm. But I thought it was just, it's interesting. That he, and he does this a few times. Kurgan's really willing to walk away and give up the moment yeah. to wait for the right moment. Same thing when they're like fighting in the alleyway in New York. That's true. And the... <laughs> A terrible chopper shows up. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're under arrest. Hey, wait, where wait, are you going? Where y'all go? <laughs> Just wait, please. <laughs> totally. Like, so this can't happen again. Crime in New York City. You don't want to know why there was a problem in the 80s? Could you just walk away from a cop and they wouldn't pursue you? Like, if you're stupid enough to stop, yeah. okay, that's on you. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, if you had a buddy, you just go different ways. And, they're, and that, oh, they're, yeah. We're going back to training, guys. Back to the police academy. Another great 80s one we'll tackle. There you go. Anyway, so okay. flashback to, like, so Connor's Connor's been wounded. They haul him off, and we fake, we'll go back to New York. Yeah. So back to the scene where, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like 10 minutes out of this stupid movie. And oh, we're my like Christ. Probably an hour into this review. Yeah. Anyway, it's not a review. Um, so <laughs> anyway, he pulls over, uh, gets stopped by the cops, yeah. and there's like a whole shit ton oh, of squad cars. Because must have been like 12 cop cars that show up to stop yeah. this guy. So, I mean, I don't. I guess it was a big explosion that happened in because of the hero gasm. I guess. So, yeah. Uh, so they pull him over, and the Garfield, this one, oh, <laughs> no kidding, cop with a chip on his shoulder. Come on, come on, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And he just like throws him around and beats the yeah. hell out of him. And you know, and then what's awesome is like Connor swings out to give him his arm and just decks him, like back slaps him. It's like a Doctor Doom move. I'm like, this is great. Uh, but again, you wonder why he's taken into custody. I mean, if yeah. you're striking a cop, you're probably going to get held down on like I'm some kind of charges. Yeah, they didn't go to town on. But him. but he comes back and does it again. That's I know. the best part. So when when they actually get him back to the office, and there's another whole other scene that goes on, but. Um, oh, that's wonderful. But when he goes back to the office, he just, like, there's this awesome exchange, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Describe it for me. So, um, McLeod's looking down. He's sort of like, all right, well, I'm going to deal with this. And Garfield, the cop, he's pissed off. Because yep. he got he got smacked in the <laughs> That's right. He, 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 you can still see the five fingers on his cheek. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, I'm fucking staring this guy down. So he's he's he is. He's like staring him down. He's like, look at me. Dare you. You know, he's thinking that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and you go for like maybe a solid minute of Garfield looking at him and then McLeod just sort of glances up and stares him down and almost instantly Garfield's, he can't look him in the eye. Did you see that wet spot on his (laughs) hand? There's a a moment where it's just like Garfield 
yeah. uh, soaks. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's true. It's a, it's a really, it's a nice, like, yeah. throwaway moment. But how cool is that? Really good. Like, they don't do anything with it afterwards, but it's nah. just, it's a neat way to establish kind of the hierarchy or, yeah. you know, just that confidence that he's got. Or just, out. I mean, you're alive for, what, like 400 years. <laughs> you don't get intimidated by anything. No, no. You've been stabbed repeatedly by, like, a one of those fencing swords. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> pretty good man you don't give a shit about this guy yeah no it's pretty funny so but but we go back to the parking garage yes and this is where we get to meet oh john polito sorry oh yeah so this is the guy from um miller's crossing the high hat that's right uh and we actually did a review of miller's crossing but yeah um it's johnny um farts it's not johnny farts no it's not johnny (laughs) what an unfortunate gangster name uh it's empty it is yeah it's johnny something johnny yeah. We'll go back and finish. Anyway, Macaroni. he's super young. <laughs> yeah. He's a totally young and guy. And thin. So he is really thin. Yeah. So he's like, you know, hi, Brenda. This is another thing I wanted to talk this about. Is it. Why is Brenda like the only attractive woman in New York City? Because every guy is boner on every yeah. time they see her. Like this guy, um, John Polito, I think his name is Bedso in this, like a yeah. detective Bedso. But he's yeah. like, Hi, Brenda. Uh, you look nice today, Brenda. It's like, it's just, it's just weird. Poor Brenda. <laughs> no. Poor thing. Like, she gets stalked by everybody. She does get stalked. And actually, the worst guy for this is uh, Lavender. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's all over her. Like, yeah. he wants to walk her home. He, like, does that weird pickup line in the bar. Yeah. It's freaky. Anyway, anyway when they're in the parking garage, this is when Brenda shows up. Uh, they find. Uh, the sword. They find the original, the, uh, well, the uh, Toledo, Toledo Scaramanga, which is the, the Toledo Scaramanga. Yeah, worth anything? <laughs> yeah. What about a million bucks? Oh, hey, oh, hey. Anyway. So anyway, they find the sword and so we, you sort of get a little bit of a backstory on Brenda. She's like a forensic um, scientist. She works for yeah. the police department but she also uh, has a, uh, an interest in sword making. So for yes. her to identify it, this is kind of pivotal, right? Yeah. I think it's part one of the reasons, like one of the drivers for the narrative. Is, well, for her to be so bold as to like, <clears throat> like follow him, and, and she like does get super bold in this. Like oh, yeah. you know, considering she's trying to pretend that she's not a cop and that she yeah. works for the vet, yeah. uh, but then like is demanding to see him and trying to get these appointments. You're like, she's very assertive. Maybe that's yeah. why he was like stalking her. He's like kind of got a sense that like she was just kind of a little bit screw loose. Maybe so wouldn't wouldn't press charges. Well, if we look at like the the ladies in his life, yes, that's <laughs> true. He, he does like them crazy. He's kind of tight. No kidding. <laughs> Fiery. Yeah. Um, Maybe racial is too normal. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, uh, in the meanwhile, we actually see the Kurgan. He's back. He's yeah. in New York City. And uh, <laughs> I love this scene because he goes in to get into a hotel, right? So you've got, yeah. you've got Nash, who's got like this great life. He's in this like uh, elevator department that goes all the way to the top to the penthouse. Then he yeah. opens it up and there's like a little descending room with like a wraparound couch. Oh, and God. Tons like, of like priceless he artifacts. He obviously manages money quite well. Yeah. How's a Kurgan doing? So he rocks up into this sleazy, sleazy <laughs> motel, uh, you know, uh, and he's dressed up like a punk. Yeah. And he rocks up, <laughs> and the guy's like, I'm going to hit you. You know, he's talking to the, the manager of the hotel. With that cold sore in his oh, mouth? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's awful. Oh, my God. And the guy, the drunk, like, who's got a beer and a smoke in his hand. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm going to hit you up for 20 in advance. Like, right? he's just going to rock the guy with yeah. it? Like, he's going to yeah. scare him away with that, like, but big demand? Kurgan's got, like, this massive wad and clicks up, like, a, either a 50 or a 100 or something. Gives it to the guy. He's like... Hey, hey, anything you need, you know, um, 
chicks blow, just die low. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it just, it's such a great calling card to look at that, like the one guy who's saying that the bum yeah. with the beer and the smoke. Yeah, like, anything you no, need. Like, am I going to get my Fairmont points for this? Yeah. Because I'm really, I'm collecting okay. and I, I was told that this is Air like. Air miles? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, validated parking? <laughs> yeah, no, pretty funny. So, so, so well, we'll get to the uh, the interrogation scene. Yes. So, he's staring Garfield. Right. Yeah. And then, um, oh, there's so many good sequences in this scene. Yeah. So, uh, the chief comes in with the sword. Yep. And he flaps it on the on the desk. He's like, do you know what that is? And then Nash, and this is to, to Lambert's credit. This is a good line. Yeah. So, he just, he, he looks over at the bag, the sword, and he looks up at the chief. He's like, a sword? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny it's good it's yeah. a classic line no no for yeah. sure wise up smartass yeah you talk funny Nash where you from lots of places <laughs> <laughs> it's just got that weird marbly like weird. you're right yeah. it's kind of an all in one accent he's like mm-hmm. he's trying to be Scottish he's got a little bit of French yeah. uh, his English is not super, super strong like yeah. who knows it's just a hodgepodge yeah yeah but anyway I mean and so then there's another like altercation with Garfield yeah. he just like Beats him up he again. Pounds on like him I again. think, like it was awesome. Like you'll never have a, a hundred bucks. Says Garfield never goes near him again. No, like probably he's in the other part of the whole headquarters because he doesn't want anything to be close to him. Is that the last we see of him? hundred percent. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, he goes and, and rightfully so. He's gone and quit. He got slapped down like right <laughs> across the tip, and yeah. that's the end of him. He is gone. He is done. All right. So, um, geez, it's movie's kind of tough because it jumps. To it, a lot of timelines. Here's the problem. We jump around and it jumps around. Oh, so there's God. this whole like... It's a perfect story. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, what I've got here is so as I'm just sort of following my notes is now you've yeah. got Brenda. Yes. So um, she goes back to the parking garage after yes. having found the sword. That's and right. then she also gets like a um, a readout on some of the metal that was found. Mm-hmm. And this is found in the corpse. Yeah. Uh, and there's that real close shave line yeah, that comes yeah. up. And so uh, she's like, oh, she can't believe how incredible that is. And so she goes back to the parking garage. Yeah. And she's got a metal detector, but Nash is there. That's so right. he's trying to retrieve his sword. Yeah. She gets the fragments, but then yep. she hears him. Yep. And he gets his sword, and then she gets scared and, f- and fucks off to a bar. Can I ask you a question about those fragments, though? Yeah. Those fragments are fucking huge. They are. What's left of his sword? <laughs> Seriously? I feel like... The massive pieces of like sword. There's like 30% of the sword is stuck in that bar. <laughs> like, what's he coming back with? Like, just a little razor blade? I'd to love to like see the sword the big, like, gouge out of it. Seriously. Oh, fuck, this is priceless. I, I, I've blown I this. huge <laughs> mistake. I should have taken that scalamonka. <laughs> I've blown this. Like, yeah. he's... Yeah, anyway, it's pretty pretty incredible but I, I mean they're trying to make a bit of a point like to be able to find the metal yeah. to piece it back to the sword and so that she can go do all of her business with that yeah. so, so anyway she, she gets scared and runs off to the local bar that's right she sort of hears some stuff and she's a bit spooked yeah so then she goes back and the guy's like hey Brenda usual <laughs> uh, so Brenda's a drunk oh yeah so I mean again he has a type yeah uh, it's, it's, a, it's a massive glass of brandy that yeah. she, she pounds basically she might as well just have grabbed the bottle and yeah. chugged it oh yeah uh, but anyway then there's this weird pickup line oh. with like uh, yeah. I don't get what McLeod's trying to pull off on this mm. but it's like um, go to yeah do you go to yeah. Madison Square Garden much yeah like it's it's Oh. Wrestling. No kidding. Concerts with Celine Dion. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why he gives himself away on this. Like, wouldn't know. it have just been better to kind of observe a little bit and see yeah. if she, like, catches on or what she figures out or where she goes? Yeah. Like, maybe she goes back to, like, work. Maybe she finds out that she's, like, a cop. Like, he could have saved himself so much time. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird transition. Anyway, she, like, kind of tells him off a little bit. She doesn't need his help. Yeah. She takes off, goes out the door, and who shows up? Um, the courier. That's right. Yeah. Well, she's tra- she's following him. 
Right. So actually, that's right. He leaves. Yeah. No, that's not true. She leaves. Then he, he leaves, leaves. Then she follows him. Yeah. Okay. And then he grabs her like she thinks she's tracking him, and he double back and and grabs her. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> covers her mouth. And, like, covers her mouth. This is yeah, about to go creepy. like really bad. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. He lets her go, and then. Papa, <laughs> the weasel. Yeah, no, it's pretty. Just fun. pops out of nowhere, <laughs> and it's a great shot too because he's got this yeah. shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> like he's just yeah. I got a two for this swordsman. Yeah. Also, too, you had a really good comment about this, and I, I think it's a great device, yeah. but it doesn't make a ton of sense. Tell me about a collapsible sword. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we do get a shot of Kurgan in his room. Oh, God. <laughs> so, um, he, we get a shot of him opening up his suitcase that he brought in, and it's his sword in in pieces. So he clicks it into place. And in, you know, it, it, visually, it's an awesome idea about how to smuggle a sword around. Totally. Right? It's, it's his original sword and everything. And he does some sword tricks and stuff. But if you think about... Mm-hmm. Fighting with a collapsible sword is a terrible idea. It'd be so weak. I could just see it like you're swinging it and the, the tip <laughs> flies off. You're like, fuck! Just hold on a minute. Okay. Wait a minute, please. Please. Uh, just, I need five minutes. Times these. Times these. Times these. <laughs> do you have a pair of plant? Needle nose. I need needle nose. Yeah. It's very sensitive. Let me do some flips. Yeah. Just get out of here. <laughs> So, you, you can't kill him when he's flipping. Yeah. It's just not sportsman. So he's whipping around a sword and yep. stuff. Anyway, it's showing his prowess and things. And then um, <laughs> he gets a knock on the door. <laughs> and in walks... Candy. Candy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the, so the, he gets a prostitute, yeah. which leads to a fun exchange with the hotel yeah, owner yeah. later. Or the manager, yeah. or whatever he is. My name's Candy. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> so again, Clancy, right? Like he's just having so much fun. He's having a blast. He's got a great, great set of lines to work with. Yeah. I mean, you know what? In, a, in the hands of a lesser actor, I think it probably could have been a bit more like cheesy or stilted. Yeah. And you were saying there's even scenes in this where he kind of improvises, like uh, the church scene. There's some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he brought a ton to this role. Like there is not a more menacing, more like you don't need to know his backstory. You don't need to know. Everything about him is just pure menace. And you brought this up. Yep. It's just his ability to to go levity and then then like total serious. Like like, hey, I got a little joke, but like just those transitions make him awesome. What I love too is is his dialogue is changes, yeah. right? So he can be a colloquial like fuckhead. He can mm-hmm. be totally rude and obnoxious and yeah. awful. And then in the next moment he can like quote high like diction and he can yeah. use like really interesting phrasing and he can like what a neat like I wonder how much he would have gone back and said I, I got an idea for a line yeah or I want to pull something in here to give him a bit more depth yeah and it's funny you don't need to do a ton with with a character like that to really differentiate him from a stereotype yeah and I think yeah you, you had exactly the right guy to play him oh far out man yeah this could not get any better super okay. super fun so they f- they're fighting in the uh, construction site Yep. Uh, I have to say, like the the sword fighting in this is awesome. Pretty good. The choreography is really good, yep. especially yep. like, and we'll get back, we'll get to this with like Connery and him. Yep. Um, but there is some some great choreography, sword fighting. So they fight it out in mm-hmm. this construction site, and the police helicopter shows. Yeah, up. that's right. It's a chopper hey. shows. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Slow down, Ed. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they, they, so, so the chopper shows up, tells them to stop, you know, freeze, yeah, yeah. And don't move, and then they move, they just and then he gives up, <laughs> yeah, like, floats hey, up in the air, like, hey, wait, I, I told him not to move, yeah. what am I supposed to do next? Oh, God, this yeah. is my last chance. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> if I don't report it, it didn't happen. Yeah, it's pretty pretty lame, so yeah. anyway, uh, after that, 
uh, he kind of scolds Brenda, she takes off, and then they go back to Scotland. That's right. And this is where we get introduced to Sean Connery. Yeah, did we miss him getting banished? Oh yeah, there's that whole scene where he yeah. leaves. So, uh, so really quickly, yeah. he gets banished. And this is where I love... Well, I, I can't remember that Scottish actor... Uh, his friend Dougal. oh uh, Cosmo uh, Cosmo yes uh, anyway he's in he's, the he's awesome. staple Scottish individual yeah. him and that guy with the scars all over his face unless that guy's Irish yes but uh, anyway yeah. there's sort of two guys who yeah. play European uh, sort of time. British or Scottish or Irish and yeah. it's those two dudes uh, is awesome so so really quickly um, in, in one scene Connor gets banished from his town they're all just like because he shows well, after up after he shows up alive again yeah, yeah he shows up alive again and uh, the one who's and we just have to talk about this quick scene in a bar oh, yeah, yeah. he rocks up in this bar and everybody goes silent and, and just before he goes in there everybody's like it's not natural you know oh, and his uh, wife Kate is like he's yeah. got the devil in him yeah he's a leg with a little suffer yeah, yeah. yeah so so Connor comes in and he's he's trying to reason with everybody he's like I'm fine I'm, I'm not Aren't you happy I'm alive? Right. And his, his wife is like, he's, he's the devil? Yeah. Kind of thing. And um, uh, Cosmo's like, uh, hey, you better well, get out. Angus is the Angus, character. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Angus goes, um, you better get out of here, Connor. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Smash! <laughs> just like right on the beast. Yeah. I wonder how many times I got to do that scene before. Just to nail the timing of it, right? So good. Probably one side of his face. Just like glass shards. But the only way it works is if someone was in full arc swing and it just timed it right there well because because you wouldn't just be sitting there listening waiting for the reaction and just be like hmm. like you would need a beat yeah like you would just like it flip your arm instant. over oh yeah. that's super funny yeah so okay sure. so he gets banished yep. uh his wife freaks out she wants him burned yeah he has to leave he's yep. in stocks yep and he has to leave and uh, angus gets him out of there yeah, so he's he's basically saved. Goes somewhere far else away. Obviously, still in Scotland. Yeah, go still in the Highlands. Yeah. yeah, but um, so when you cut back again from this thing with the Kurgan, yeah. so that's the scene that we sort of missed. Uh, but now he's with he found a new wife, and so he's working on his new he's working on his yeah. new castle. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's all like gooey because he's doing some blacksmithy work, and they're yeah. humping away. And oh, yeah. you know what? He's living his best life. And oh, I mean, yeah. I think he's sort of found peace. Like you know, his yeah. his former life wasn't great. But now he's got this new settled life. He's got he's totally happy. Yeah. Done. Nothing to worry about. Nothing it's like to worry it never about. happened. That's it. And, and then, then he shows up. A horse jumps over. <laughs> That's it. Why did he jump over him? Like he could have just like strolled up, could have said, Hi, how's it going? He's dramatic. He is dramatic. Well, it's the peacock. Cape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. He's so, dramatic. He's got some flair. Well, we get Sean Connery yeah. on this horse, um, who is exactly that. Dressed it. He's got peacock feathers. He yep. is like very Garish. Um, garish. Thank yeah. you. Is a good word for yeah. it. And he introduced himself as uh, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Oh my God! Look yes. at you. Uh, Chief metallurgist that one. to King something the third. Oh wow! Yeah, From Spain. Spain. Bam! Yeah. So <laughs> that means I win. Yeah. <laughs> I got none of that. You got all of that. Fuck! That's impressive, pal. Good job. So that. So that's it. That we get introduced Sean Connery, who's an amazing character in this. Yeah, like, he's really fun. He cannot but fall in love. With Ramirez. Well, and I mean, you were talking about this before, um, and you, we've had this history, but um, apparently those two got along famously. Like, yeah. They were like drinking buddies oh, yeah. and like super, super Chasing close. ladies and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. having a great time when they were filming this. Yeah. I, I was reading a thing where they were saying like uh, they used to just talk to each other and call each other by their like character names. Oh, cool. So he would be like Ramirez and he would be like uh, McLeod. McLeod. And that's how they would get around town, even when they weren't. Doing like any filming, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool because you can tell that they they have a good relationship. Yeah, like there's, there's some, some good there's some chemistry, chemistry with those. Sure, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it so starts our whole introduction of 
Sean Connery yep. and him learning more about. This is the Miyagi to his, it like, Daniel-san. Yeah. Right there. This is all going to come together. And yeah. I mean, this whole idea of a reluctant hero who has got this potential and you've yeah. got this wise old guide who's going to get you to where you need to get to. Yeah. I mean, Sean Connery is a pretty, pretty cool dude and very charming. Oh, yeah. He's, He's no Yoda. <laughs> a little bit more going on there, like yeah. no old Ben Kenobi. He's but... more humpy. Than... <laughs> okay. Well, humpy in a different way. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> okay. So anyway, they move through all of the sort of training montages and stuff and kind of get, yeah. get him ready and kind of give him some history. And, it's um, cool. It's a great montage. There's a great, like, everything kind of culminates in them sword fighting and, and you can see Connor's progression getting better and better. Yeah. It's And then they, they, they pepper it with narration about what the immortals are to a degree. And the Kurgans. Like, so he gets yeah. to learn a little bit more about who he's up against. So, yeah. you know what? They didn't really have to ruin a lot of the filler, like, early. Like, it wasn't, like, again, Dune, where there's, like, 20 yeah. minutes of just, like, oh, by this the is way. what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's some mining. I forgot to mention. Oh, God. Like, there's still water like, over here. Yeah. It's in my rider. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. They really, they pepper out some of the exposition really nicely. Yeah, so it that's it a nice word. Yeah, it's enough to uh, come, yeah, just compress it all. Yeah. So, at any rate, um... Yeah, eventually they become good friends. Yes. And so there's a cool scene where you sort of learn now finally about uh, immortality and some of the consequences of immortality. Mm -hmm. And especially as it relates to Heather. So, yes. you know, they're off shopping. Yeah. And there's this great bum fight that's going on in the background. <laughs> Two women with kills are just like, I don't know, bitch slapping each other back. <laughs> make, there's no finesse. Like, you know, it's not Tyson out yeah. there trying to like, you know, work the body. They're just like... Two 60-year-olds <laughs> just going at Pretty it. fun, actually. Yeah. I always remember that scene as a kid. I'm like... Oh shit, these guys, that's how you fight? I can do that. Yeah, uh, anyway, so then you, you sort of learn that with immortality, you also yeah. can't uh, have children. Yeah. And I think that there's kind of an interesting thread that plays out in this that's nice, but you, it's not in the full version, but it's in the extended version. You kind of yeah. get some more of this like child part or, or maybe why Rachel's in his life. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we sort of, you do learn what happens. And it's interesting because Ramirez sort of says, look, you need to leave your wife. Yeah. And she catches some of that. And you can see that she's, she's a bit hurt by that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't think she fully understands. And then there's uh, the reason why yeah. he sort of goes to McLeod and he says, "Look, you know, I've had three wives. The last one, uh, it but destroyed Kiko. Yeah. Uh, and then Masamuni, a genius, made yeah. the sword. Yeah. And so, you know, you just you start to get this idea now that you know, yes, it sounds cool to not be able to die, but you think about what does it mean to actually live forever? And of course, like Queen pipes up, and there's amazing like music that comes with that. Like it, later on, of course, when you know you get to Heather's death. Yeah. But um, it's just, it's cool. I think that there was a really, they tried to raise the stakes a little bit about what it's those consequences would be. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it was sort of, yeah, because it, because it, like, because they go through a bunch of immortal powers. They can breathe yep. underwater. They can, they get, they can, I don't know, drink stag blood. They know, they, they understand. That <laughs> yeah. So let's talk, talk about some of the powers right all, now. All these powers they establish yep. in this montage. Yep. They never again use. Yep. So they're they're resistant to lightning. Yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah. They can they can feel animals or yeah. they can like absorb, absorb their powers. Or something? I don't know. Yeah. They I can, don't know. They can rocky run down the beach. They can they copy voices. Yes. They can copy. There's voices. that scene where the Kurgan can like copy the scream of like the old woman who's. Oh no! Oh, it's, it's Brenda. It's, it's Brenda that he copies her scream. You look nice today, Brenda. No kidding. <laughs> He copies Polito, John yeah, Polito. Like, he does hey, his voice just to creep her out. That's me. That's me. The most terrifying. I need a high thing hat, Brenda. That's right. <laughs> Find the last shiny penny. No, shiny it's penny. in my pants. You're okay. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so right. anyway, so, um, fun fact too. I love that the Kurgan was Russian. I thought yeah. that was kind of you know if you're gonna make a villain in the '80s, 
why not make him like you know yeah. I must break you like, that's it yeah, yeah. sort of take that back to the Cold War but it's a, the he doesn't really have War. a Russian act I guess that we would recognize but that's okay well I mean no one's got an accent that you would recognize in this all bets are off I know this is, this is true actually, yeah so I don't think we'll that leave that you're alone. gonna hold on to that yeah. to that continuity right yeah. there even Castigate was Irish no that's <laughs> Well, so, but you made a really cool point about Castigar, and I didn't think about it, but it was, as I was watching his costume, oh yeah, you know, he's wearing kind of a, a mishmash of like what looks like a karate gi, yeah, and like some sort of dashiki like kind of covering on it. And you were saying yeah. like maybe it's because they've lived through so many cultures, much like the accents and the voices, yeah, that they just have become kind of a a gestalt of a variety of different yeah. cultures of that they just sort of appreciate it over time and just don't give a fuck. Yeah, but anyway, whatever. Maybe, I thought it was kind of cool. Well, Nash just wears a trench coat. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, even after that scene where Heather and uh, Ramirez, you know, she overhears him. And, and Yeah. But the next time you see those two of them together, they're actually getting along quite well. It's a lovely story. So McLeod, cool, yeah. McLeod's gone. Yeah. Uh, he's off doing something. We don't know what. He's off humping sheep. I guess so. <laughs> as Scotsman will do. Um, and so they're kind of having a nice exchange. And he's telling the story about some uh, adventure that he was on where he was yeah. like, looking for a lady and couldn't find her but meets another nice lady. And anyway, it's kind of it's kind of charming, right? Like, he's it a is charming a nice fella. And it seems like they've maybe gotten around this thing, this yeah. advice that she overheard. Anyway, as they're talking away, you know, and he's about to have another glass of wine, he kind of like startles a little bit. Yeah. And so it's because the Kurgan is coming back. They yeah. found him. Well, the lightning storm's coming. Well, <laughs> seriously, uh, how will you sneak up on an immortal? Like, no, you, can't you can't do it. Like, I would just be like, you'd be a weatherman by profession. <laughs> like, I'd be looking out going, fuck, huh? another one. Another one. All right, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Ah, uh, this whole sequence. Tell me about this sword fight. Because oh, you, you made a really good point about, like, uh, when he gets, when Ramirez gets that first cut on the Kurgan. Yeah. And it sort of changes the dynamic. You think, oh, shit. Yeah. Because the Kurgan, uh, all the description of him is that he's he's the strongest of mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. He's the one I'm preparing you for. Yep. Uh, he's like, you know, it goes a little bit into the description that they're like, uh, they, it, their village throws meat into a pit with dogs and babies to fight to get that meat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So just making him out to be like this ultimate warrior, like mega badass. Yep. And so even the the fact that the that that Sean Connery is training Connor is like I can't handle him myself. Right. I need help. We got to get this guy. No matter what anything else turns out to be, we got to take care of this guy. Right. So the Kurgan smashes in the door and launches He's not a big believer in handles, is he? No, he isn't. No. He smashes through the door, slices the table in half, and just shows incredible strength. Right. right? So him and Ramirez get at it. They start fighting. Ding, 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 kind of thing. But Ramirez gets these awesome hits in. Yep. You know, he like, he cuts his, uh, that was an awesome shot too. Yep. He cuts his throat. He doesn't quite cut his head off. But he's startled by it. He never yeah. thought it would be possible to even be harmed. I mean, how close to dying he went, yep. right? Yep. And so true. there's fear in his eyes. And he like, he backs away and runs away from Ramirez. Yeah. Ramirez then like, yeah, I think he slices his belly. He cuts him some more. He pushes him off a, uh, uh, a he does stab him. right through his stomach. Right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. He gets him. Yeah. And so this whole time we're like, okay, Ramirez is... He's he's dominating. Yeah, this fight. end of film. He yeah. ends up getting together with Heather because right. yeah, yep. he's awesome. Because, and, yeah. and he, he ends up having to kill another cloud. That's yeah. right, because he wants the prize. Yeah, different we're, film. We're all done there. No kidding. And it happens on planet Zeiss. Zeiss. Yeah. No. Oh, no. 
<laughs> so we're not going to talk no, about that. No, you're never going to. That's the but, last time. But this whole sequence, and the, the funny thing, like the sword fighting's great. The choreography's great. Yep. I wish Heather would just leave, but she just hangs around. Whatever. Yep. But the, <laughs> the funny thing about this is that this castle is falling apart around. It's so flimsy. <laughs> it's so flimsy. And these rocks are so styrofoamy because well, they just like pop out. What I was going to say, there's a scene where like, as they're fighting away and the cuts are happening from the inside of the castle and you hit a side and it's actually like blowing in at yeah, them. Like you think the momentum would have knocked nope. the rocks backwards? But no, it's kind of blowing out of And I sort of made the joke when we were watching. Like this this is a canon film because that's Castle Eternia. <laughs> just in the foam pits <laughs> just falling apart. Like, it up. We're going to fuck the setup because that movie sucks. Ugh, taking on aggression. No kidding. We need a location of a castle. I've got one for you. No kidding. You sure, Golan? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Langella just... <laughs> I'll be back. No kidding. I just Shows up. Yeah. Like, Get out of here. There's a room for a bit of this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway, it's, it's a terrible case. Yeah. So, so um, but Ramirez loses. Because at some point, yeah. it gets turned around. And what The point that it turns around is the Kurgan grabs the sword out of his own body and... Um, Ramirez's sword. Yeah. Pulls it out and then he slashes uh, Ramirez across the chest once. Yep. Stabs him again. And so it's interesting. Like, yeah. We, we sort of noticed this and we were talking it through as we were watching the film, but it's almost like he gives up in that moment. Yeah, that's it. And it does feel like he gives up. Yeah. And do you think, and you made this point, like, you know what? If you guys have been battling for hundreds of years and thousands, you know, thousands of years and you're just like, that's it. Like, I've done my best. I almost cut his head off. I've tried to beat him up. I've stabbed him in the gut. Like, yeah. I've got nothing left in my I'm repertoire. Done. Yep. Yeah. I think you just sort of come and resign yourself to the fact that I'm gonna, I hopefully I've trained McLeod enough. Yeah. So, uh, Ramirez gets a stab through the back. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and the Kurgan has a ton of lines. He, like, quotable. He's the most quotable character in this whole Totally. Thing, right? Yeah. Who's the woman? She's mine. <laughs> Not for much longer. Hello, pretty. Hello, pretty. <laughs> yeah. He's such a creep. Tonight you sleep in hell. Yeah. yeah. So he cuts off Ramirez's head, has his um, hero gasm. Yeah. Yeah. And f- f- uh, the castle fully collapses on him. Yeah. And uh, But Heather sticks around and he pops up. <laughs> he pops up again. And, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The insinuation is he kind of assaults her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, thank God they didn't get that deep into all that part. But um, yes. So anyway, um, then cuts back to the next scene. Yeah. Where um, what's going on right now? So is this the date? This no, no. It's before the date. I think you know. It's funny. The, the way I've got written down right now is yeah. John Polito and the Doritos. Because there's a scene where Johnny Casper is the name of the character oh, yeah. uh, from Miller's Crossing. It. But it. he's like, he's making that transition from skinny to fat because he's just like, he yeah. this big bag of Doritos and they're sort of talking about like some things. Yeah. And this is where uh, Brenda yeah. takes the chief out for lunch and then doubles oh, back. yes. Yeah. Because she wants evidence about Nash. She wants to know a bit more about Yeah, it. that's right. Yeah. So she's trying to find a little bit more about Nash, especially after their like whole thing in the alleyway and yeah. you know, trying to figure out what's going on with that guy. Yes. So... Um, yeah. And then the next scene that I've got kind of written down here is this scene where he finds Rachel. So yeah. it's it's sort of this, the scene in, in Nazi history. Oh, so, yes. So um, one of the things that's never fully explained in the non-extended version is he's got this sort of like really loyal, really like good um, secretary. Yeah. Who sort of seems to be with them all the time. And they've got kind of an odd relationship. Yeah. Like it's... She seems to know about yeah. his secret. Well, and like, you know, and later on they're like touching each other's faces and stuff. Like it's, it's kind of intimate. Yeah. Uh, more so than you would expect from just sort of a standard 
secretary. Like, yeah, you feel like she was like an ex-lover or something. That's right? that's how it felt. Yeah, absolutely yeah. so. So anyway, uh, but. but yeah, so there's this whole business where he's sort of running through a battlefield, World War, World War II, yeah. and he's got his shirt untucked, and he's like kind of unkempt, yeah. and he's got doesn't have a coat on, and just a set of boots, and he's just like running, running. around. Like, yeah. you know, I like to jog. Uh, but <laughs> I, t- I tend to choose There's my path. time and place. Yeah, yeah, a time yeah. and place. So anyway, yeah, he's kind of running through, and he ends up like spotting this little girl who's kind of crying away, and yeah. he frees her up, and and sh- and he's like, "What are you doing here?" Uh, he's like, "I'm like you. I'm all alone. What's your name?" And she's yeah. like, "My name's Rachel." And so you kind of now you get that chance to put together, <laughs> and then suddenly the Nazi shows up. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my least oh quotable my lines in yeah. the film. So so the Nazi starts unloading on Nash, wipe like. Takes him down, uh, and he lands on Rachel, yeah, and uh, to protect her, kind of thing from the gunfire, yeah, and uh, and he opens his eyes and she's like, oh, what, what's going on? Yep. and he goes, it's okay, it's a kind of magic, right? Which is yeah. another line he uses later on in the film, yeah. Uh, and then the worst line is, whatever you say, Jack, you're well, the master race, right. like because they. <laughs> So the Nazi spouts something at him and just like shoots the shit out of him with a Tommy gun and then he's gone. Yeah. Anyway, then we go for the date. So you yeah. go you go back. Uh, Nash has sort of arranged for... No, so Brenda shows up earlier, talks to Rachel. This is oh, in a previous yes. scene. Yeah. And he's like, Don't I thought cook. we'd have... Di- yeah, yeah. assumes that she cooks because that's what 80s women do. I guess. Uh, and so then he finally has this date. So yeah. as Brenda's preparing for the date, she gets like a bunch of stuff ready. Yeah. So she, she's she got a tape recorder just yeah. in case something comes up that she needs for evidence uh, or in case she needs to implicate him in court. I, I'm not sure what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, also takes a gun, puts yeah. it in drawer number two. Drawer number two. <laughs> drawer number two. Um, yeah, and so then he shows up. He shows up. Um, comes for the date. She has to take his coat, and yeah. he... No, I'll hang out to her. Which is weird. Yeah. Like, he's just expecting to but leave. Like, he knows he's going to piss her off. Well, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But he ends up taking his coat off anyway. Yeah. So whatever. He's got a package with him, a yep. present for her, and yep. uh, uh, a bottle of brandy yep. that he gets a little too intimate with. And so she goes off to go put on her earrings. Yeah. And immediately... <laughs> just opens up the... the like the little drawer where the tape, the cassette's being held. Yeah. Bam. And then goes to drawer number one. Yeah, number one and finds the That's 45. Finds a gun. Yeah, so. yeah. And then leads out the window and sees... Um, uh, Bedso, I guess. Yeah. John, John Polito. He's John Polito. Having uh, more yeah. Doritos. Yeah, eating more Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> Snacking away there. Big pile of sunflower seeds yeah. that come up the side of the car. He can't get out. Like, <laughs> are you okay? Oh, oh. My blood pressure. I'm so young and skinny. I can handle this. I'm going to live forever. Live forever. Yeah. I got this beach bond. You're looking for a corner. Pow. That's it. I love him in uh, The Crow. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the pawn shop owner. Yeah. That's he's right. He's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He takes the, all the rings in the shotgun yeah, and yeah. blows up the... Yeah, yeah. God, that's actually pretty good. Is that gasoline I smell? Oh, let's yeah. go. Let's watch that one. That's a good one. one. Okay. Anyway, uh, so in the apartment, he goes straight to the gun. Then he finds the inner rock drawer. Yeah. And then he gives her a gift. And the gift is her book, book. on metallurgy and the sword yeah. making. Because she lied to him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so after that, he kind of scolds her a bit and like... Uh, sort of says again, like, you know, this is always about you. It's always about what you want. And then they kind of, that's when they fade to, like, the whole once to live forever scene where, like, Heather dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, well, they try to parallel, I guess, about, his, like, relationships. Like, maybe he sabotages. It doesn't really seem like they're falling in love at no. that point. Like, like, he really, he forces that date and then he sabotages the date. Yeah, like, they've got a Radong Chong vibe here. This is, is more commando at this point it than it is, like, yeah. you know, him and Heather. But yeah. the other thing, too, is, like, New York 
in the 1980s must have been the foggiest, smokiest place Seriously. in the world. He is walking through billows of clouds. Are yeah. people like just smoking on the yeah. street? And, like, okay, yeah. we know the bands are coming, so we're just gonna do we're this. Just gonna get, get this out of there. Yeah, it's super smoky there. Anyway, uh, so then there's this whole scene where Heather dies, and you actually sort of feel this pain of what's happened. It, it's a sad scene. It is. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's really and again, well done. That yeah. soundtrack is fucking awesome. Oh. There's like so many great, amazing songs yeah. in it. Uh, but one of them is Who Wants to Live Forever, which is a great ballad and really, you know, a beautiful song. Oh, and yeah. I just get the shivers on range, that. man. Yeah, that, that one line, when love must die. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, like, oh, oh, I know. It's so good. <laughs> I got something in my eyes. I think it's sunscreen. <laughs> it's a Talita but right yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, then uh, after that scene, we go right back to uh, the soldier. Oh, no, sorry. Take no. that back. It's Castigar. This it's is Castigar. Castigar so, and this is fun. So, he meets up with another immortal named Castigar. Yeah. Uh, and this is Castigar that's wearing the kimono and the dashi. Yeah. And um, it turns out they're buddies. They have yeah. a quick drink. And uh, Castigar goes, we need to have a party. No, no. I remember the last time you had a party. And so, then it's they go to this awesome fun scene thing. where, yeah, yeah like... Hotchkiss. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, right. It's is it France or England or something? It's England, yeah, England, for but sure. it's all like sort of um, dandy, kind of um, uh, effete, very. Well, uh, what time era would you say? I can't oh, uh, you know, so this is like the seventeen um, hundreds, basically. Sure, yeah, late yeah. So he's in a duel with this guy, yep. uh, Bennett, Burnett. Uh, Bassett. Bassett. Ben. Yeah. With Ben in Fuck! Come on! No, he's in everything. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in this duel with Bassett. Uh, Bassett, uh, he's in, he's called his wife a bloated warthog, and yeah. so he feels the need to uh, exact revenge or seek uh, satisfaction. Stabs him like a hundred times. Yeah. Like it's over and over again. It's super it's funny. Pretty and funny. It's and good. eventually he just apologizes. Yeah. Uh, but be- because he sort of walks away and kind of still sort of uh, I don't know. It's also his honor. Then he goes after like uh, his guy. Hotchkiss. He, he goes after Hotchkiss. That's in the extended. Like this is an extended scene. Yeah, for sure. Because then he guns down Hotchkiss. But yeah. I think he shoots him in the ass. He shoots him right in the butt. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so then, um, so after that scene, you don't really see like uh, Castigar again. But then it sort of fans out to this guy driving around in his like uh, Firebird. Yeah, with and the, he's the got Queen a couple Uzis. Yeah, yeah. Listen Here to we Queen. Are. Yeah. yeah. The hammer to fall, I think. It's yeah, what that's it. called. And he's got the shirt. <laughs> hey, Moscow. Up <laughs> yours. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Uh, and he sees a sword fight going on between, like, uh, the Kurgan and Castigar. They found yeah. each other in the back alley of one of the, I don't know, some part of New York. Grabs his Uzi. Grabs his Uzi and gets out there. He's like, okay, Marine, this is your <laughs> shot. <laughs> this is it. This is for real. Yeah. yeah. Sneaks into the back alley and watches his sword fight go down. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually as they're fighting, Castigar dies. Like, he gets his head cut off. Yes. And then, uh, Herogasm? Herogasm. More yeah. windows. Tons of so windows. So much glass. Oh, my God. And then, uh, yeah, a soldier boy. Uh, fills the Kirkin full of lead. Fills him full of lead. Like, the scene goes on for, like, like a solid couple of minutes of him just like gunning him down. Totally. Um, Goes over to investigate. Yep. Kirk is not there. Kirk is not there. Yeah. Because he's around. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> Pops up from behind him, stabs him in the gut, and whips him. Just, yeah. He just flicks him away. Like this yeah. is again where I feel like the, the collapsible sword would have just gotten stuck. <laughs> no, just, just broke it. Can I get that from you? Sorry. <laughs> this is yeah. awkward. Uh. Just puts his boot on his throat just to kind of slide it off. Like, uh, there it is. That's the so, one. 
He realizes people are there's witnesses. Yep, people yep. are seeing him. So he runs over not to the Firebird. No, a sweet getaway vehicle if there ever was one. Yeah. But these two old people have been kind of watching the whole thing go down, and he cuts off the roof of the car. I like, know this convertible or yeah, something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, it's not a convertible. It's oh, literally a hardtop. Okay. He cuts he and does. the metal folds. Yeah. And so then he just like pull, throws the old man out and then takes off with the old lady. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty easy car to spot. Like, not a lot of, like, you know, top of your car is, like, going to be folded over in one corner. It's pretty So he takes off, and the guy's reaction, the old man who got flipped out of there, is like, hey, my car. Yeah. (laughs) Not my wife. No. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Yeah, the one thing he's concerned about, like, I mean, you can see her. She's got, like, a hairnet on and stuff. She's out on her Sunday bath. Sure. The there's there's some issues. There's a whole backstory that they wrote yeah. out, I'm sure. So Kurgan takes off with her. She's yep. on the windshield for like 10, 10 seconds. <laughs> Pretty fun. And then she's gone. Yeah, that's it. Um, um, is this the church then? No. So um, then there's the whole signature scene. So this is sort of that weird oh, yes. like little piece of technology where they sort of... Um, and I thought this was cool because yeah. I mean, computers at the time, I'm like, oh, computers can do that? Yeah. And nowadays, I mean, pfft, whatever. You can do it anything. But uh, they do this little composite thing. So they talk a little bit about Nash. So Brenda has gone to the um, archives of some sort. Yeah. Like she's look at the birth records of all these people. Yeah. Has also determined that uh, Nash died really early, that yeah. he was a, like a, an immediately died uh, at birth. Yeah. And so there's all the signatures and stuff. So anyway, so she backtracks the location where he lives. And then there's this guy, uh, computer nerd, who... Yeah, Frank Oz, basically. <laughs> well, uh, no, it's uh, Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. Because he looks Skitty just Dreyfus. like him. It's like, yeah. it's really kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, so many Richard Dreyfus, like computer Richard Dreyfus, um, does this cool little thing where he takes different letters from each of these different five signatures that have been passed down in the yeah. same property over the last, you know, from the seven, late 1700s, and compiles... Russell Nash out of it. That's right. Yeah, so it's kind of a neat little scene. I mean, I always thought that that was a cool piece of computer work, but yeah, that was neat. Yeah. So she determines that he is, something's gone on. He's he's his own sort of heirs to the fortune again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we get to the church. Church. Yep. So uh, Nash is lighting a candle for Heather yep. uh, on her birthday, and he goes to pray. And then um, Kurgan <laughs> shows up. Yeah. Oh he, shit! You know what we missed before then? What's that? Was the Soldier Boys hospital scene? Oh yeah! Gosh. Okay. I so yeah. so Benso and the chief decide to yeah. go and check in on this guy. Yeah. So they get a description. They actually want to finger Nash on this. Like they give yeah. him a picture of him. Turns out it's not Nash at all, which is kind of a bit of a bummer because they they sort of thought that he was going to be the guy. Yeah. And then there's that whole exchange. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. So yeah, Soldier Boy's like, he's pissed off. They could protect himself and stuff, but he talks about um, the the lightning and the the herogasm, and uh, they do a police sketch. That's right, Kurgan. Yeah. So that prompts the Kurgan to then bring on a disguise, which is to shave his head. Sorta. Yeah. <laughs> partially. Partially Got shave his head. but like yeah. some weird wisps and things. And put all those like weird bobby clothespins through his neck. Yeah, the the, the safety pins right. through his neck. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, anyway. does that not make you more kind of obvious, or obvious? make like I would be paying more attention to you just based on yeah. like, does that hurt? It was a weird thing. It was a weird makeup. Effect. Anyway, it's kind anyway. of getting this whole root of punk, and you know, yeah. like people were weirdos. So, so Kirkin shows up in the church yep. and uh, walks up behind Highlander, and he's um, like, "Castigir is dead. Only you and I remain." Yeah. So then uh, Nash looks at him, and Nash is all pissed off. Kind of, know. but I think he yeah. almost like, cracks a smile. Yeah. Just because of like his, his crazy yeah. hairdo. I love your hair. <laughs> yeah. Or something. And, um, I'm in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> so we find out. Uh, they have like an exchange. Yep. And we get to find out that um, 
this is the first time that that McLeod finds out. That, yeah, McLeod finds out that the Kurgan raped his wife, right. Heather. Yeah, and so you're like, okay, stakes are even higher now. Like, like, and so uh, I think McLeod's like, I'll meet you outside. Yep, and Kurgan's gonna fight. Yeah, and Kurgan's like, soon enough, Highlander, because he wants him in the right kind of. Yeah, I think on he's, his he's getting his kitchen right. He's yeah. just trying to mess with him a little bit. So we go back to the um, his house, and that's where Brenda confronts him. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and then they end up like uh, <laughs> stabbing and yeah, stabbing. stabbing and humping, and then humping and stabbing. Like yeah. it basically, yeah, that's uh, some sort of like metaphor for what happens there when she she stabs him and then he stabs her. I guess <laughs> in yeah. a very different way. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he yeah. So so then they have this like forty minute. Sex scene. Yeah, it's he like, goes well, to town on her boobs. Really spends a lot of time there. Yeah. Which you know what? Power to him. I think yeah. that's you know he's a, Fair he's a Fair modern man. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Anyway, that's um, that's what happens. And then they have this weird scene where they go to the like the zoo. Like, like he's kind of walking along with her, and they're having this really kind of intimate oh, moment. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with this because the whole time so he's like weird. he's really touching her fingers. Yeah. Like he's just kind of like. Like, I don't know where those fingers have been, but I think they did something <laughs> special for him because he's just, like, really into them. Yeah. I'm like, what happened? It's really kind of creepy. I need that, I need that, that backstory. Yeah. Uh, but... Anyway, and who's in the back? Who's oh <laughs> just a pop out? Just as a fucking silhouette. <laughs> the Kurgan's in the background. Hey. And then pops back because yeah. he turns to look yeah. and he's not there. Yeah, and it's he pops a, back. It's so, so funny. So the Kurgan sees Nash with Brenda. Yeah. So then uh, I think um, the Kurgan... Basically, the, now just let's let's just barrel forward. Okay, basically, a lot of the nuanced stuff is kind of done. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he has spotted Brenda. He knows where she lives. Yeah. Goes after her, smashes down her door, grabs yeah. her, puts her in his car, or no, steals a car. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that scene where he can like recreate her voice, and he's trying to play chicken. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool and really it's dark. Really I love how that was filmed. New York, New York. He's singing. Oh yeah. He recreates her scream. He. he Knocks off a few like people. Yeah, runs over a ton of people. That was really. I like, know it was cool. Like you just you get the sense yeah. that he does not give a fuck oh, about God. human life. No. And so you also get this implication is that if he wins the prize, yeah. how bad it will be. Like how yes. much of a not caring or how he'll use his power, yeah. even though it's never really defined what that power is going to be, to really make people's life shitty. He leaves a message for Nash. Right. Right. Hey, your friend's a real screamer. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like the la la from Command yeah, uh, Anyway, yeah. And I so, don't know if he actually says where to meet him. No, I think it has to be like part of a different conversation. Like yeah. The beginning of it or something or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, Nash manages to track it down. He goes to the Silver Cup Studios yeah. uh, where he is assuming that this is where Brenda is. Starts yeah. climbing up the ladder. Yeah. Uh, She's no sign of anyone. Of it, yeah. He thinks it's going to be okay. Starts to untire and then... Pop up, <laughs> and then Kurgan's Kurgan just ha ha. Uh, Surprise! Oh yeah, starts swinging his sword. They're fighting away. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of electricity between the two of them. Like, yeah. Um, it's it's weird because again they've been hit by lightning so many times. So I'm like, is that because of this, yeah, or is it just you, you were saying that they actually had those well, swords hooked up to get to some of the sparks? They did hook the swords up to car batteries to get some some of the sparks. I don't know if it was in the water scene. I hope not. I hope because, not. but it, it might have been down below. Like, okay. there's a couple things where they draw the swords yeah yeah it's like yeah, tons yeah. of sparks so that but, might be it but there was a lot of sparks a in that lot water, of like, fucking sparks there was a whatever the like bill or the insurance was to make that movie oh, uh no kidding that's a, when it was a cannon yeah <laughs> it was fast and loose that yeah so so they they lazily fall through a sky window yep a skylight kind yeah. of happened to land of you know four stories or three stories and just yeah dust off the dust and away they go yeah like, can you fight what you know what though they get the they bring back the green shot 
Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And the the tons of crane and dolly, like it swoops in over here, it swoops yeah. in out over here, and and really good choreography sword fighting. I yeah, think it was pretty good. Very cool, very epic. Yeah. Um eventually, um McLeod like really takes the whole momentum of the fight back. Like it's he's kind of beat down a little bit. Yeah. He loses his sword. Yeah. Uh, and then Brenda kind of snaps the Kurgan in the back with a pipe. Yeah. I don't know why there's always pipes, loose pipes around New York. But you can always find one to fight with if you ever lose your sword. Apparently. Yeah. So this is New York. This is why like crime was so high. They just, <laughs> just littered with pipes everywhere. Double <laughs> the pipe act. You want to go rob a guy? Just yeah. reach over and fall onto a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Give me money. What are you gonna do? Oh, pipe. Very oh, good. pipe. Right, uh, right. You got the, here's my wallet. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so yeah, so uh, then, yeah. yeah. Another sword fight ensues. And actually, I sort of noticed this the one time. Yes, you did. Yeah. But there's um in the training montage. Yeah. There's a scene where they're kind of posing together between Ramirez and McLeod. Yeah. And they're kind of using their swords with their arms out and sort of sword back. And he kind of goes back to that pose. Like it's almost like. He knows that the Kurgan had killed Ramirez. Yes. Uh, and now he's going to use that training. It's like kind of a callback to that sort of yeah. what he had learned. And even though he's not the strongest, no. it's not that. And, and even Ramirez makes a point when they're talking about how to beat the Kurgan. It's like it's with heart and it's with yeah. these other things. And hopefully through all of like you know McLeod's adventures over the years, he's earned these things. He's become that person yeah. uh, through experience and not just through brute force. Yeah, that's right. So... Uh, so um, the, the yeah the fight changes and eventually cuts the Kurgan's head off yep yeah and then the, 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 most the, the biggest hero guys I'm like yeah. oh man like so wet up top with yeah. water oh. the whole thing is just soaked in <laughs> mortal semen <laughs> mortal jizz <laughs> that's it but it, it just like seriously a fuck ton of windows are wiped out in this oh scene oh my god seriously and then all these weird Ralph Bakshi you know well we I was yeah. thinking about rock and roll and I yeah. sort of mentioned it when we were watching it was like this is like this weird animation style that was maybe just around at the time yeah like is it Nelvana that did rock yes. and roll okay yeah. so so it's just sort of this weird kind of stringy lined imposed or implied demons that are yeah. kind of floating around and I don't know why the demons are part of this becoming thing. because part of the prize yeah like, Makes and, some and sense. You made a good point about this too. Like when we're talking about the sequel, and we're like, why yeah. the fuck would you go to Planet Zeist for this? <sighs> like, you know, there's a million things you could have done with this. <sighs> you know, great IP. Yeah. And they chose to like basically erase all of it and go backwards into into like science fiction. Yeah. And you sort of made the point if you go religious on this, maybe that it's too too testy or, or yeah, or it just pulls yeah. in the wrong type of audience or the wrong type of like controversy around the film. Yeah. But and so I'm wondering if that's kind of what was implied here. Like it's just this is this was God who bestowed yeah. you know, the quickening, who bestowed the prize, like it on, didn't on mortals. It feel religious. It felt like it was supernatural. But it yeah. didn't feel religious though. Well it was no like Indiana Jones. Like it wasn't no. the Ark of the Covenant yeah. kind of yeah. feel to it. But it's just this weird sort of demony thing. I didn't so get strange. it. Yeah. Anyway. So, so gets the yeah. prize. Turns yeah. out that the prize is uh, he can read people's minds and help them understand each other. And he can have kids. And he can have kids now, and he can die. And he can die. Yeah. This price sucks. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. Like, it's look, not fantastic. I want, sometimes I want to know less about people. I don't want to read their minds. I want to shut them up. Yeah. So, I mean. so It's an interesting thing. It's like, that's he's like, I can help leaders understand each other. It's like, why would they listen Oprah? to yeah. <laughs> You can get old. You can die. You can make people come together. Like, yeah. you're terrible. You're like Dr. Oz. Yeah, it's, it's just, bad. Anyway, so whatever. So he's got the prize, and he's with Brenda, and. 
and you know, kind of like does a bit of a shout out to Ramirez and you know, yeah. little haggis. You never jab me for that, you Spanish peacock. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that, that's kind of how it wraps up. So it's yeah. not my favorite ending. It's not. other other than the killing of the Kirk. Like yeah. after that part, I was like, okay, the prize, and they could have. Yeah, like, this could have been super cool. He could have got like a sweet car. No kidding. <laughs> you, he reaches on. It is Oprah. Yeah. He reaches under his chair. <laughs> you get a car. You get a car. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been anything. It was. It was. It was kind of a. Olympish um, ending. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think. Someone set a fire in your car because it took too long and I got bored. <laughs> Money, please. So we've been tasked. We've been charged. We've been given the grand oh. honor. With of- the incredible popularity of yeah. our podcast. Yes. We've got a lot of people coming out of the woodwork who are saying, Chris, Tristan, can you please help us yeah. use your genius for marketing and for quick, quick, thoughtful yeah. dialogue that's really connecting with the people? Yeah, we, we are dying in this economic downturn and we need something to pump lifeblood into our business. I'm just saying this, this podcast has been a money-making extravaganza. Extravaganza. Like, I've been able to quit my job and buy four more houses. <laughs> That's it. No, there's wheelbarrows of, of sweets. No, honestly. You know what? Just for funsies and just to prove how good we could do, if you were to task us with uh, monetizing this podcast, yes. we've got a couple ideas. So, you know, this week, Tristan, who, who has come to talk to you about the incredible opportunity to partner with this podcast? Oh, well, um, uh, quite a uh, an amazing uh, pillar of our community here. Yep. Um, and especially relevant in the cold and sort of winter months is... Um, oh, okay. My left soot. Oh! Yeah, chimney cleaning. Oh, okay. Chimney? Chimney? Chim, chimmeroon? Chim- <laughs> is that <laughs> where we're going with this? I think I've forgotten how to pronounce chimney. Chim chimney chimney. Maybe you're saying it too many times now, and you're just thinking about it too. Much. I might be thinking about it too okay. much, but you know what? I don't have to think about savings. S- well, savings, Sweet but also savings. my house exploding into a giant fireball because I take care of my chimney. Chip chimney. I take I take okay. care of the okay. my smoke. Look, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> what? You and my, Poppins get the fuck no. Yeah. Um, well, the my my smoke hole. Oh. I, I worry about my smoke hole <laughs> no not getting this is properly. Not a, it's not a PG show now. <laughs> you never. No was. one wants to think about your smoke it hole. Never was. I'm your so, brother. You've just given me a visual I cannot hey, get rid of. Hey, you should worry about your smoke hole because I know you've got you've Look, got a. Smoke I'm obsessed hole. with my smoke hole. Yeah. So I bleach uh, it. Yeah. Annually. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you don't have to because, because the of, fine people at my left, my soot. left soot oh. will do that for you. They will expertly insert their hands into your smoke hole. Oh. And make sure nothing but cleanliness comes out. I mean, there'll be a lot of detritus that'll come out of your smoke hole, but that's that's okay. Is that a technical term? Yes. Detritus? Yes. Oh. That is, um, let me just... Sorry, is it? Oh, I'm looking this up. Oh, I can, I can see your yeah. keyboard is made of a dense, <laughs> fibrous <laughs> uh, plastic, apparently. Wait, wait. It's this is a, a big search I don't like predictive no. um, text, so I, I enjoy spelling we'll everything. Sweep my hand across the keyboard, <laughs> and whatever comes out is got to be the answer. And here it is. Yeah, it is the accurate term for those who work in the smoke hole industry D- is detritus. Detritus. Yeah. 
Oh, well, that it sounds like uh, like a combination of like Detroit and King Triton. Like it's just sort of like you know that that downtown mermaid is just like 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 if Triton was from Boston. Well, Not Triton. That's that's it. No kidding. Detritus. <laughs> Or like back in Roman times, if they would have had a place like named after Detroit. Exactly. Welcome to Detritus. <laughs> Enjoy the hedonism balls. Well, that's it. So, it's... you know what? Don't worry about that smoke hole anymore. Stop bleaching your smoke hole and let the fine gentleman at my left soot enter your smoke hole and really give it a good once over. Not too shabby. I thought yeah. that was, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, I don't really have a catchphrase for that one. No. Because I didn't do the research enough. Well, but. and now we're all paying the price. <laughs> so, you know, if you wanted to, you just keep mailing it in. <laughs> yeah, well. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, but the bar's so low, I, I worry yeah, about true, true. raising it at all. No, so. no. Why, why put ourselves through that limbo Precisely. that's going to come later when you try to get under the bar back again? <laughs> you try to bring it back down. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Any businesses approach you? Any well, I've got, yeah, one here. I was just, um, can, but can I ask you a question? Sure. Are you tired of squeaky boobs? God, I'm tired of squeaky boobs. Has breast sweat made you a cliche? <laughs> Why don't you try staying dry with this new absorbing bra when you go talk to the people at Silence of the Mams? <laughs> They're going to keep your breasts so dry and so non-squeaky that, you know, you're never going to know that they're there. Yeah. You're going to sidle right up and people are going to be like, hey. Boobs. <laughs> Look, let's ask one of our uh, most satisfied customer, Multiple Migs. Yeah. So, Migs, <clears throat> do you have a couple quotes here that you think maybe you could probably share with the people? And oh, no. well, I, what I have written here is easy. Sitting back, I I fit my bits, <laughs> so I can. Whoa, okay. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna get a little darker. So, but uh, suffice it to say, he really enjoyed that. Why would you get a testimonial from that man? But yeah, he was very willing. The price was right. I. I mean, when you go to a mental patient, I mean, they'll do quite a bit. Oh, sure. Uh, for almost no, no, no money. Uh, he seemed really happy. He was very, yeah. he was expressing himself. Yeah. Uh, very vigorously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, don't don't forget to go and talk to the people at Sons of the Mams. Sure. Sure. Uh, because um, your breasts, they weren't screaming oh no yeah um squeaking well you know if you, if you can't find the right you know bra to fit those fava beans <laughs> uh you Chianti beat their prices so there it is there it is all right uh but Whew. but it ended it ended. <laughs> yeah. Not like this podcast. No. It just keeps going. How, where are we at for time? Uh, about uh, four hours. Four hours. So. Well, this is one of our, our tidier ones. Yeah. All right. So. <clears throat> okay. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. So, let, neat package. Give me. <laughs> I'm not going to say two minutes. Yeah. Because uh, now that's become a thing. Yeah. Like, it, what's your takeaway? So if, if you're going, okay, what did I learn from this? What's my yeah. parenting moment? Yep. What's what's my what's my big aha? Uh, a good question, and and it's that's not an easy one to extrapolate from this, I think. Um, so I can either try to like like really draw it from the content, or no, maybe no, just... I was gonna say because I mean he they only really ever parents one person, and yeah. there's no one else who really parents. Like I mean, if if anyone is a parent in this, it's Ramirez to a point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe it's like the preparation. Like if I understand that my kids have to take on the Kurgan. 
Yep. Or no. If if there's like something in there, um, you know, that they need to to prepare for yep. and things like that, maybe it's it's just like it's um you know, making sure that they have everything they need and understanding that I might not be the one to necessarily be the champion here. I might I might need to be humble and pass that on, understand my limitations perhaps. You know, and I think that's what Ramirez did. I think he understood that he was not going to beat the Kurgan. And that maybe was why he Ooh. kind of almost gave up a little in the end. He didn't want to submit totally. Yeah. But I think there was. There was real resignation in his eyes. There was real, yeah. like, uh, this is, I'm not, I'm not going to beat him. I can, I can slow him. Maybe I can do something. Yeah. But I feel like I can't beat him, which is his whole reason for seeking O'Connor. Right. And then also talking about the backstory of the Immortals, which we never figure out how he knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like the Kurgan knew about the backstory. They knew yeah. like the traditions and like the Holy Ground business and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's never really a, like a kind of a time when you would have gotten that. No. Speaking of which, that would have been a much better, you know, make a prequel to this. Yeah. Like really talk about, yeah. like, you know, here, here's the coming together of the Immortals. Here's how the gift came. Like, yeah. here's, it was like summoned or something or who knows. But. Maybe the subsequent, what was it? Seven movies. Two TV series and a cartoon could have covered that. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> seems like there was an opportunity wide open. And a lot of unanswered questions went, no, nah, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward. And he probably had a cousin who was also pretty pretty good Scotsman as well. Pretty. Highlander. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> Fuller David. Yeah. yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah, so I guess it's, it's again, realizing when you need to be humble and, and, and know your limitations, maybe. Maybe that's it. It's a good takeaway. Sure. But really, there's there's a lot to sort of unpack about that film. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I think mine would have to be along the same lines. Like, you know what? Um, you're going to have challenges in your life, yeah. and they're going to seem big. Like, they're going to seem insurmountable. I mean, the, the curtain yeah. is a perfect, you know, amalgam for every time you've had a bully, every time yeah. you've had, you know, something that looked like, I, I can't do it. Like, I, I can't. And what I love, and this is <laughs> probably like a, a personal philosophy, like, you know what? You don't have to be the toughest person in the room. You no. can you can be the one that works the hardest. You can be find other ways to persevere. Mm-hmm. You can do things out of character. Yeah. Um, and so I I mean I kind of like that. Like I don't know. It's it's very easy to kind of always see that one big challenge. Yeah. And decide not to continue forward. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, this is where Ramirez fails. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he kind of had some advantage in in that fight, and he stabbed him again. Like, you know, you could either see it as I've done everything I can. And nothing's working, or I'm just going to give up, or I do it one more time because I'm getting yeah. these wins. I've got this one. I've got this one. I've, these things I never thought I would even be able to do, yeah. and I could have just pushed forward. He, he chooses a little he, arrogant. He, he, he just kind of chooses not to, right? Or just yeah. anyway, I, I feel like that's where the test of character was sort of part of that moment. Yeah, and and he, he just didn't do it. So anyway, if if anything, I would want to convey to my kids is like, look, you're gonna you're gonna have some tough times, and yeah. uh, things are gonna seem like and this is never gonna come together for you. And the, there's so many people in life who experience those exact same moments. And the difference between your choice now and the choices that they make in those moments is that they do it one more time. Yeah. And they happen to just, that's the one where it breaks. That's the one where they get the, the breakthrough for themselves. Yeah. And you need to keep looking for that moment to keep push for, push forward for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my take. I think that's fair. 
yeah. yeah. And sometimes your kids will encounter a Scotsman. That will, uh, Scots- <laughs> Spanish Scotsman. He's not going to die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Is he a Scotsman? Is he a Frenchman? I don't Who know. Knows? No one knows. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's, that's, I think you got it. Like, I mean, yeah. especially I really liked your story earlier about uh, your trip yeah. and, you know, kind of how you turn things around. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you're always such a great dad. And, like, yeah. I, I love, like, your dad's moments. Like, it's, I think it's, uh, sometimes I let those moods get me and, and you don't seem to do that. And this is why I think you've, like, I don't know, such an awesome, like, role model for not just, you know, me as a, as a brother to kind of look over and enjoy, but, you know, for all the listeners, too. And, I mean, it's, it seems like you can't do no wrong. I mean, you can do anything. And, I mean, if you could do one more thing sure, for man. me. man. I feel like I can do anything. I just really want to layer this fucker up. Sure. But uh, could you do me a favor? Sure, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get your fucking shine box. Motherfucker! This has been Get Your Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Special thanks to Ross Smith for the intro and outro music, and extra special thanks to Three Geeky Dads, a cool podcast with a bunch of cool guys. Please check them out wherever you find podcasts, and check us out wherever you find podcasts, except for Apple. Apple's a bit of a jerk, but everybody else, we're pretty good.